My name is Robert Hawkins. It's uh, 6.42 a.m. on Saturday, May 23rd. Approximately seven hours ago, something attacked the city. I don't know what it is. Uh, if, if you found this tape, I mean, if you're watching this right now, then you probably know more about it than I do. Whatever it is, it killed my brother, uh, Jason Hawkins, it killed my best friend Hudson Platt, and uh, Marlena Diamond, and many, many others. Uh, we've crashed here in Central Park and taken shelter under this bridge. Uh, the military has begun bombing the creature, and uh, we're caught in the middle. Okay, ready? Episode 76, welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where once a week we tear a hole in space and time and you end up losing two hours of your life you'll never get back. I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Tim. And I'm Justin. And I am Inigo Montoya. Yeah. You killed my father. I just watched that the other day, and it was awesome. Princess Bride? Princess Bride, baby. That's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Did you, did you see, have you seen the... Um, Try again. <laughs> have you seen that commercial for... I think it's a water, like a flavored water or something, and Carrie Ellis is in it? No. And it's it's his daughter, and she keeps asking him for things, and he just looks at her and says, as you wish. <laughs> and she just like completely disregards it. That's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. He should probably And then do... right at the end, like there's a, a delivery guy, and he says something to him, and the delivery guy goes, that's inconceivable! <laughs> and Carrie Ellis, Carrie Ellis just gives this really like shitty grin to the camera it's hilarious man that's awesome he should probably do commercials for like buttercup candies <laughs> that would that seems like it would make sense to me like princess buttercup i just don't know why they never jumped on that hey how you doing hey hey it's not uh, bad it's been a week it's been a summer it's been a week it's been a summer um well, we oh we we almost forgot uh joining us in the studio today once again back from one of his trips is john no. Oh no, he's not here. We killed him. John's John's dead. <laughs> we murdered him. Um, uh, yeah, I I, I wasn't. That's the trio. I actually week. wasn't privy to that information. No, so John rest is. In peace, John. John is not here with us today. I'm not sure where he is. He's probably. He's doing drugs somewhere. He's doing drugs somewhere. He's just getting dank fucked somewhere. <laughs> Thank you for dropping that in there. He's getting gang fucked. <laughs> he could that too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what do you guys do? What did you do this week? Uh, no, no, it was uh, I, I, this week has been. It's there's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been an emotional roller coaster this week in the personal life of Michael Hackman. 
Oh, because you mean because of Valentine's Day? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> see, see, it's funny on Valentine's Day. It's funny. I got home from work and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a nice dinner tonight. Blah blah blah. Like, not even thinking <laughs> that it was Valentine's Day. And I get to the Ta- store, table for one. And I, and I get to the store and I realize, oh, it's really sad to like go all out and make dinner for one, especially on Valentine's Day. So White Castle it was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's actually that's uh. I'd say that's preferable to most. It was be- most cuisine on Valentine's Day. Because I was at the store though, I got like the oven white castles, like the boxed ones, the frozen ones. Oh yeah. I gotta be honest with you though. They're not bad. They're not bad. Yeah. But you see though, when you're going through the cash register and they're like see the guy buying the boxed white castles, they're like single. But but it can play to your advantage if you go to a, like, an attractive cashier or something that mm, you're interested you in. She's like, ooh, single. <laughs> no, yeah, she'd be like, ooh, white castle. <laughs> She'd be like, uh, so this crave case has thirty burgers and I'm only gonna eat twenty eight of them. You wanna come over? <laughs> I got a I got a case. And I'm craving you. Oh, oh, there. That's the yes. one. That's the one. Then I did he, see. Picked there was a 17 year old cashier. <laughs> She's probably 16. Um, so there was there was a girl though. I felt I felt kind of bad. I walked into Kroger and there was this girl. Uh, at my particular Kroger, when you walk in, the booze is like right in front of you. Yeah. And uh, there was this girl that was walking away from the booze aisle, and she looked like she was just sad. Like she just had like this sad look on her face. And she was just clutching two bottles of wine, oh, just no. like, like this, like it just could not, like she was clutching them in her one arm, like. And I was like, oh man, I feel like there's a story here, and I, I feel kind of bad. I don't know this woman at all. <laughs> these yeah, are, I feel kind of bad for her. These are my boyfriend tonight. <laughs> well, that dude, that, like, like something bad happened to her. I think, and I, uh, no, not a good, of, not a good day. Recently people, got out of a thing. A lot of people hate Valentine's Day. It's true. They really do. Like I, I. Haven't been single in a long time, but I don't really remember despising it that much. It was just another day. Yeah, no, it was actually care. it was actually a day I didn't have to buy a bunch of crap. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've never I've never been much for Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day even when I am dating somebody. But I, I do the handmade recently. Like I, the last few years, I've been going handmade. I yep. just yeah. I, had, I, I made fun. you a bowl of cereal <laughs> by hand. Happy Valentine's Day. Just I milked the dog. <laughs> That's where the milk came from. <laughs> oh God. Ew. Hey, uh, but I, bet, I bet milk from tiramisu would probably be oh, fantastic. Ooh, yeah, it tastes like a That's delicious dog's name. I, my dog's name you is... didn't know that. My dog, I have a Japanese dog with an Italian dessert name. It's a stupid, random. I so don't you, know. So you, you handmade your dog milk? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, why, why has this, why why this been an intensely personal week for you? So so this, this whole summer coming up... Um, is proving to be probably one of the best concert-going oh, summers yeah. possible. Yeah. And there's been a lot of highs this week, a lot of lows this week. We picked up some tickets for uh, for one special special show. Foo Fighters. For for the Foo Fighters yep. at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It's we are, historic. It's it going to be awesome. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to see them in Chicago. We're super pumped. So we finally got those tickets. And then, finally, Cradle of Filth is coming back. If you've listened to the show, you know how much I love Cradle of Filth and how much uh, our good friend John fucked me uh, two years ago. <laughs> and uh, I had to leave the show that we were at. And that's like a bucket list band for me. Because he got, he got sick like he right got, before he the got show, sick, right? And I'm a nice friend and I took him home. After we were in the venue, staring at the stage, watching the shitty opener, just waiting for no. the, 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 the creme de la creme. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm sorry, but this or creme I, de la cradle. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't feel bad for you. This was your fault. You could have stayed. I know. You could have put that, like, I U- Uber and Lyft existed two years ago. You could have put them in an Uber. Jen probably would have come and picked them up if, if, if well, you would have called her. The problem was my phone was dead. I So I, I didn't have a way to do an Uber at the end of the night. My Did, phone was, like, literally dead. Was John's phone dead? 
That's a good point. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this is all good, right? But then there's another band that is also uh, a bucket list band of mine. You've seen them before, though, right? Well, sort of. Uh, and this band is the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I'm a big 90s kid, and uh, my musical journey started with my brother. And everything that my brother listened to, I became obsessed with. And the Pumpkins are his favorite band. So, ergo, one of my favorite bands. Now, I never got to see the Smashing Pumpkins with their original lineup. Oh, I see. I've only seen them uh, more recently when Billy Corgan was touring under the name, but it was a, basically a different band. Right. <clears throat> and um, they're, they've, they've, they announced finally a couple of weeks ago they're in the studio. It's Billy Corgan, James Zeha, and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. Darcy, the bass player, is not there for whatever reason. She's had a pretty tumultuous past, so yeah. probably something is keeping her out. But they're doing this reunion, and this is the show that me and my brother had said we were going to do anything that we needed to do to go see this reunion show. Except now, he did see them. Except. He did see them back in the day. Here's the problem. <laughs> On the Detroit date and the New York date that where he is, it's the same week. Yeah. We're going to be in West Virginia at a fucking family reunion. <laughs> so I'm going to miss seeing the pretty much once in a lifetime Smashing Pumpkins reunion. Tour. And what I said to you today is your family has like 75 reunions every single year. Four years ago is the last time we did it. Every single <laughs> year. Just skip it. Or, I do or have one on my dad's side every year. Or Jen, fair, but. Jen, Jen said... What? Huh? What? Jen. Jen said... <laughs> Go and then buy yourself yeah, a one-way yeah. ticket home. Why don't you do that? Yeah, it's just not happening. It's also the weekend after our Foo Fighters trip. Oh, yeah. So my finances are going to be none. Yeah. But um, anyway. Well, what about you, Jay? Do you have a, a, a less sad week? <laughs> I had a pretty busy week. Did the did the work thing, extra work, working some, some 12 hours uh, all week and... Uh, Recording some really shitty bands. Really <laughs> shitty There's bands. one really good one, though. The singer's a tool, but yeah. you know, his name's yeah. not Mike Heckman. Um, <laughs> but he, um, no, that's that's going all well. We're we're on to vocals with that, and uh, done with all the instrumental tracking. Cool. Uh, doing some some cool projects for uh, some wedding couples and uh, wedding songs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Did and you, uh, your, uh, your lady love scored some tickets the other night. She eh? did. And we went to see AWOL Nation at the Fillmore Detroit, cool. which was awesome. Good the, uh, the opening band, the, the guitar player, we, even the parts that weren't heavy rocking, he's jumping and doing these spin kicks <laughs> and had long middle of the back eighties perm hair. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, man, that dude's crazy. And, and, uh, so when AWOL Nation, there were three bands when AWOL finally came out. That guitar player's pedal board came back out because it was uniquely wrapped in red velvet built in this wood thing. And I'm like, yeah. huh. Same guitar player, same keyboard player from the first band. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were called uh, Iron Iron Tom. Iron, Iron Tom. Tom. From California. Hmm. They put on good show, good good tunes, and cool. I dug it. Right on. The drummer must play a metal drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? He's got a tom that's made of iron. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, good week. Did the VD thing or the <laughs> the, uh, the uh, Valentine's Day thing? Got, and, the, uh, got the got the clap real quick. No big uh, deal. Had a nice uh, <laughs> breakfast. Went to the DIA, Detroit Institute of Arts. Oh, classic! And uh, watched some cool stuff. And then I made Sarah come back afterwards and work with me all evening and uh, record some vocals. <laughs> Quote unquote, <laughs> work on me. <laughs> did Did you see any mood pieces when you were at the DIA? Every piece was a mood piece. Oh, okay, all right, cool. 
Well, well I next... have uh, I've got relatively no updates. I did the val- I did the VD thing myself. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's about it. Uh, well, a couple, couple things of house cleaning before. And not house cleaning. That's the completely wrong term. Well, let's for one let's of them. clean house. The, the more important, though, This is Mike's things, last show. We're kicking the, him out of here. The more important of the two things, though, that I want to talk about before we get into it is uh, I just want to acknowledge the tragedy that happened in Florida. Oh, yeah. Um, what just happened? Whoa. I just got chills. Because the lights flickered when you yeah. mentioned the tragedy yes. that in Florida. Yeah. Wow. I literally just got the chills. That was weird. That was really weird. Did that bulb go out or was it? No, it, was it went out earlier today. Wow. So it flickered um, back on. Uh, I think no, I think they all dimmed out. It looked like. Oh, that was weird. That was super bizarre. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, we just wanted to acknowledge that uh, our our society sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a tragedy that happened, and it was, and it could have been prevented. I yep. was reading an article uh, the next day about how this was reported to the FBI five months ago, there were signs and they pretty everywhere. much just, didn't yeah. do anything. And I'm not going to touch on it too much because I, I just don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, I sort of am going through something similar right now uh, in a certain aspect. Specify that very quickly because that sounds a little weird. <laughs> All right, let, let's just put it this way. I know what it feels like to uh, be under a threat mm-hmm. and to tell the authorities and they don't do anything about it. Right. Let's put it that way. And uh, on a scale that is similar to what happened in Florida. Right. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to give away details because <clears throat> you never know who's listening. And it's not my place to really it's, put that out it's there. Just but... a, it's just another good example of basically... Uh, yeah. sending up a red flag and nothing being the, done about it. So the idea that the cops can't do anything until it's too late is bullshit. Right. Like, like it's like, oh, well, we can't do anything because such and such person hasn't <laughs> actually done anything. It's like, well, when they actually do something, somebody could be seriously hurt. Right. Fuck you. Right. you but know? at the same yeah. time, when someone in a school writes, oh, there's a bomb in the school on the bathroom wall, then that person gets expelled and arrested. Exactly. And stuff. Exactly. You know, when they didn't actually do something, it's, it's just... Right. Exactly. The, the system's and, backwards. But... Yeah, and, and we don't, like... We, this is we don't yeah, we, we don't we don't, we don't, we, don't do, we don't do politics and, no. and personal personal opinions really on this show. But if you know other, other than like movies and stuff, so we're gonna keep all that yeah. out of it. It's just yeah, we it, wanted we to bring just it want up to and, acknowledge and it, and it's just it's it's messed up. There's a, there's obviously there's a, yeah our hearts go out. There's things that can probably be done, and hopefully we start to see some changes. Yeah. It's just awful. Mm-hmm. So, um, on a, on a much brighter note though, yes, uh, we. We, uh, I said that we were going to talk about it on uh, one of my Instagram posts today, so I do want to touch on it real quick. We saw Hellraiser Judgment. Oh, yeah. And uh, we've been talking about this movie for a while, yeah. how excited we've been, because it finally, finally, it looks like we're going to get a good Hellraiser movie. Um, what did you think? What, what did is, I, I, what did know, I think? Let's I, keep, it, keep it short, but I want to know your, your thoughts on it. Uh, just like in one sentence, I liked it. There were problems with it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, not so many problems to where it, it ruined it for me. There was a part that almost made me puke. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about that part because <laughs> I'd actually prefer not to. Hold oh, the bubbles. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's a, uh, if you're. I guess I'll say this because it won't ruin it so much. <laughs> if you are familiar with the elegant uh, art form of bukkake, <laughs> this will be pretty pretty familiar. Oh, uh, uh, it's it's, just, it's the same but different. Yeah, the same but uh, different. It's it's horrifying. And uh, my wife asked me how the movie was the next day, and I happened to be eating at the time. And immediately my mind went to that scene, and I almost threw up. I was like, No, I can't. I can't tell you about this movie right now. Let me finish eating first. It was horrible. But other than that, no, I I like the story. I I like that they kept it kind of a uh, like a cop drama. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, that even though I think we, you know we we discussed it even though we uh, even though they they kind of turned cop drama scripts into Hellraiser movies later on in the, yeah, the, in the, the series. The, the I kind of like that they kept that aspect of it. Yeah, the cop drama portion of the Hellraiser lineage, if you will, yeah. was more the later half, the direct-to-sequel yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's kind of synonymous with the franchise now. So right. I like the idea, excuse me, that they um, they kept that. Um, I personally loved it. I, uh, I, I Now that I've had uh, a day or two to digest it, mm-hmm. I actually think I like it more now. I want to rewatch it really badly. Oh, um, digest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love it in the fact that, I, and I couldn't wrap my head around this at first, but once I did, it changed everything. Yeah. Uh, if you're going into this movie thinking that this is just, this is Hellraiser uh, 10 or 11, what would it be? This uh, installment, yeah. I think, yeah. is... Is it 11 or 12? Well, whatever. Yeah. If you're going into it thinking that it's Hellraiser, you know, X, um, you're, you're, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. You have to go into it thinking, forget about the Doug Bradley version of Pinhead. And not that, not that Paul T. Taylor was bad. Paul T. Taylor yeah, was great. great. Yeah. He was great. Um, this is, it's, this is um, uh, the director. Why can't I can't think of his name. Tunicliffe. Uh, Tunicliffe. This is Tunicliffe's. Hellraiser, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's his own thing. It's 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 separate from the other series or series. Uh, the way that I like to look at it is that maybe there's more than one Pinhead like type character, well, right? Maybe um, uh, yeah. You told you said this the other day. I don't like. It's this just idea. a way of look, it's just a way of looking at it. Like he's he's not the Doug Bradley Pinhead. Is all I'm saying. Like he is he's Pinhead. Yeah, but it's a different pinhead. Like yeah. it's like an alternate reality pinhead, if you will. Maybe. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know. I can I can get past the fact that it's another actor because he did a really good job. But the rules are different. I guess is my point. Like yeah. they they show things that you've never seen before. Although the ritual is different. The the way that they show actual pinhead himself. Yeah. And like sort of the reverence that they give him a little bit more in this movie. Yeah. Um, is 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 different than the way the character was portrayed in all of the other movies. Yeah, definitely. You know, so this is very much this is. It should be called Tunicliff's Hellraiser. Like, you know, like, it's its own thing. Yeah. And when you watch it as such, super enjoyable. Yeah. I loved it. It's got a low budget to it, but to me, that only adds to the grit of the movie. I think it's great. There were there were a few things... Yeah, I, I overall, I really enjoyed it. There were a few things that were a little bit too on the nose. And there were a few uh, parts of, this, of certain characters' story arcs that I... I thought that they were going in a certain direction, and then they they didn't end up yeah. doing that. Yep. And and I actually thought that the movie would have been better served if they would have stayed the course. On I agree. That, I on our, uh, with, on our theory with the yeah. um, with the 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 female detective. Yep. What was her name? I can't remember. I, I can't remember yeah. But I, there was certain things that I thought about her character, and I feel like if they would have stayed on course with that, the movie would have been better. I agree. Because the way that they. Two on the, the way nose. they did other things was too on the nose for me, but overall I really yep. liked it. I agree. So uh, if you were if you were feeling a little, um, you know, scared of going into a new Hellraiser movie with good good with good reason, mm-hmm. uh, don't be. It's good. Yeah. Go into it with an open slate and an open mind and an open can of beer, and uh, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think. Yes, sir. Uh, on that note, you will be pleasantly surprised to know that we got stuff wrong last week. <laughs> Stupid! You're so all right, uh, so last week we talked about the passing of a guy named Mickey Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, he wasn't? Nope. Okay. He looks like he would have been. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> He'd fit right into that cast. But according to his IMDb, he was not on oh. Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Uh, also, well, um, well, fuck me then. not that I ever thought that we'd have a correction um, 
uh, involving Pauly Shore. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pauly Shore uh, does not, in fact, run the comedy store. Who said uh, that? John did last John. week. Uh, Pauly Shore, uh, his mother owns the comedy store. That's how he got his 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 rise in, in the comedy world. Every, everybody went through there. He, oh. he learned to understand Kinnison. Good old-fashioned old nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, I, I, ironically enough, uh, I didn't know where, where he stood on this, so I looked it up. Uh, he actually had a lawsuit uh, a few years back uh, with his brother because I guess his bro- the lawsuit claims that his brother talked his mom into writing him out of the, the uh, will or something. Not oh, the oh, will, like but the, out of uh, the um, as being like proprietor. Of yeah, the... yeah, yeah. And so I don't think that he has anything. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a really weird story. Look into it if you're interested. But yeah. as far as I can tell, he does not run the comedy store. Right on. So okay. Um, well, while we're calling out John, we might as well call him out a little bit more. Uh, John, John, he mentioned last week something about his uh, band. This was back before I knew John, so who knows what the hell he was doing. Uh, his band tour- touring in uh, Canada and and ending up in Toronto, and he said it was weird to like walk around the mall and hand out flyers to these people that were speaking French. Um, I don't know why this didn't really ping on our radar but people don't speak french in toronto <laughs> i think you looked it up there at might one... be a couple people he, he suppose, might have been but... it, it's a highly traveled area yeah there's that's... a lot of travelers and like if you go to niagara falls there's people all over speaking different languages that's... so maybe that's what he meant is there was True. a lot of uh that's possible he basically made it sound though like like toronto is french like everybody is <laughs> speaking french which i think you actually looked it up it's only 1.3 percent of the population <laughs> like of toronto that, that actually speaks because french. i didn't know that i looked up, I, I looked it up not to prove him wrong i looked up because I, I didn't realize that toronto was french speaking i thought that was just Mon- like montreal and stuff uh-huh. uh like in quebec and and, quebec. and turns out it's not <laughs> sorry john <laughs> sorry john uh that's all i got unless, unless hey wait i don't know we might be doubting him for nothing. Like maybe he managed to find the one mall where all of the French speaking French speaking people of Toronto hang out. It's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Do you have any more? <laughs> maybe they were in a different area that wasn't actually Toronto, and he came back from one of his assignments he was on with us oh. for ah. us. So he was on. Maybe uh, the crazy frog mushrooms or something <laughs> still. And, and English uh, just sounded like French to him. <laughs> Maybe it was an alternate reality. Oh, Ooh. we're going to get into that later. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, But before we do, why don't we talk about what we're talking about today? Finally. Talk about what we're talking about. 22 minutes into it, and we haven't cracked a beer yet. Yeah, that's true. Well, you got a... No, that's true. You got yourself a A nice. real beer. This I'm is thirsty. a real beer. Aw. <laughs> Aw. All right, so today, um, we're talking about Cloverfield, because uh, the Cloverfield Paradox shadow dropped on... Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl. On Super Bowl Sunday, as many of you know, so we decided to... Be topical. Uh, Let's talk. People talking about it. It's I, topical. Sure, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so we decided to get into those movies, and in honor of that, Michael went out and found from Shorts Brewery, Space Drop. Now, some some of you might be familiar with uh, Space Rock. Yep. From Shorts Brewery, this is essentially the same thing, but <laughs> aged in bur- bourbon barrels. We've got Space Drop is a bourbon barrel aged American pale ale we make by aging Shorts flagship American pale ale Space Rock in bourbon barrels for seven months and dry hopping the nearly finished brew. Bright with a golden hue, Space Drop pours with a big head that settles quickly into a thin layer that clings to the glass. Citrus <laughs> aromas are... What's wrong with me? Citrus aromas are accompanied by a subtle sense of oak and bourbon. Upon first sip, bitter, citrus flavors abound. Accompanied by light oak and bourbon, Space Drop is quite balanced. 
This brew finishes dry with a slight bitterness. Space Drop is crafted to remove gluten. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that. So, so if, 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 it, if it seems odd that we would choose this beer, uh, it, this kind of runs the gamut. You kind of have to watch all three movies to really understand why I chose this. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, as always, I, we, we, we always talk about how uh, if we're talking about movies that are, are new, that we're going to try to not be as spoilerific as we normally are. Uh, but once again, with this type of movie, you almost can't. Yeah, we're you, talking... you kind of have to go into the details to talk about it. So this will yeah, be a spoiler review. We're kind of we're gonna do like a quick rundown of the quick, like we could possibly do a quick rundown. <laughs> we're gonna do a quick rundown of the three movies and then kind of get into some discussion about the actual um, universe, the Cloverfield universe, yeah. because it's pretty intricate. So much to it's take. It's pretty in. intricate. So we're just gonna kind of end our end our show with talking about that stuff. Well, on that note, the reason we chose the Space Drop... Uh, Space Drop! You know, if, if you think about it, if you've seen Parad uh, the Cloverfield Paradox, they talk about how it, it ties everything together. And basically, you get a... They, they rip holes in space and time, is basically what happens. Yeah. Uh, and so, it seemed fitting. Uh, space, mm -hmm. being space and time. Yes. And then they literally just they drop creatures from elsewhere into well, their world. Well, that's not entirely... I Kind there's, of. It, there's, the the jury is still out on that. Well, okay, well, okay, okay. <laughs> but fair enough. there there is plenty of shit that falls from space in in these movies, like satellites, like satellites and <laughs> and people and everything. So, so uh, anyway, let's give this a try. I'm excited for this. Cheers, one. boys. Cheers. Oh wow, that is damn fine. Delicious. A lot of like heavy, heavy grapefruit and orange flavors. You That's taste that? Really, really good. Yeah. And a hint of cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Halls? I, I, yeah, it's a, a Halls? Uh, Meyer brand. Nice. <laughs> Malls. <laughs> Malls, hey. I'll high five you. That's... Uh, yeah, this is really, really God, good. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. When, awesome. I, when I saw this on the um, when I saw this on the shelf, I got space. I thought I was actually having like a Mandela moment at first. I'm like, it's not it's space, space drop. Rock. It's space rock. Like, what the? F I actually had to look it up because I was so confused. Because it's essentially the same um, label. Yeah, it's, it's just got faces on it. I wonder if it kind of looks like John. And Goodman. I just That's... had a blonde moment. I was like, "What's that flavor I'm getting?" And then I just realized, "Oh, it's kind of oaky. Like it's kind of woodsy." <laughs> the barrels, man. The barrels. <laughs> the barrels. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this is yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's what we're talking about today. That's what we're drinking. So let's get into the bleed feed. Before we get into the news, uh, I have a death that we needed to pay some respects to. Yeah. Uh, actor John Gavin, uh, most well-known uh, for playing Sam Loomis in Psycho. Oh. Some Psycho alum. Uh, he passed away at the age of 86. Uh, he played Sam Loomis was uh, Marion's boyfriend okay. in, the, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, so he was, you know, he's part of the, part of the setup, right on. And uh, I haven't seen Psycho in years. I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it's been quite a while for me. Um, but uh, yeah, he passed away. Like I said, at the age of uh, eighty-six, they did not say uh, what he passed away from. But the news was broke by his uh, very good friend William Friedkin. Oh, so um, rest in peace. Oh yeah, cheers, cheers. Did I just hear music? It's uh, oh, it's that. It's <laughs> Uh, Jay's, Jay's taking some time time to himself to finish a project here today. So if you hear a little bit of music in the background, 
Is it coming through? A little yeah. bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll put in the in ears. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine, dude. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, anyway, so yeah. what, what else you got for us? All right, so uh, this is exciting. Uh, we are getting a Child's Play TV series, baby. I heard I, I heard that there was a, a little bit of a rumble about it, but it's yep. it's a confirmed yep confirmed deal. Yep, uh, uh, Mancini himself was talking about it, uh, and this is what I love about it. In in a world of of everything being rebooted and remade and everything else, when I first heard of a, a Child's Play TV series, I'm like, well, okay, if it's gonna be like on a network or whatever, it's they're gonna reboot it, whatever. They're calling it Child's Play again, right. like whatever. Nope. This is a direct continuation that they set up at the end of Cult of Chucky. Really? Yep. They're doing. It's going to be an eight-part series uh, for the first season. Sure. Season, if you want to call it that. Um, and this is what Mancini had to say about it. He goes on to say, "We plan to use Child's Play in the title, and we definitely want to signal that we are going dark, darker than ever before. It's going to be very creepy." Nice. Uh, Brad Dorff is also set to return. Uh, he also, I, I think, this is part of the same, um, part of the same interview but he uh, he talked about his his wanting i think he was half joking but his 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 yearning to make a world <laughs> war ii era chucky movie <laughs> and he says i think it would be awesome you know how in raiders of the lost ark they say hitler's obsessed with the occult that's our window in huh. i think that'd be awesome chucky and hitler side by side <laughs> brothers in arms come on <laughs> where would uh where would the doll come from them I, I don't know maybe uh, they gets Cloverfield did back in time. I don't oh. know. There you, go. there you go. Bring everything Man, together. Maybe the whole Cloverfield <laughs> universe is just spun into child's play. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit before they get it off the ground, but I'm if still it, excited about it. If ever. Because um, let's be honest, we've heard of these things before. Yeah, that's true. Nothing that's true. came to fruition. Uh, other big news uh, that I believe broke today. Uh, entertainment company Cinestate is reviving Fangoria magazine. Really? They purchased everything wow. from my from my understanding they bought everything uh founder of Cinestate, uh dallas sonier uh, who is the producer of uh, brawl and cell block 99 which i believe was the vince bond movie that just came out right correct uh also he is the uh producer of the puppet master remake oh, that cool. is currently being made uh he that, uh, uh third reich the littlest or reich? the littlest I... reich the third reich <laughs> sorry <laughs> I got it's a right. It's a right. <laughs> you mentioned Hitler and I got all you know, twisted um, around. I don't know if that's is is that the remake? Or is that the or is that a sequel? The Littlest Reich. Yeah. I thought it was well, Is that the remake? I, that's the only new one that there's, I know of. So. There's so many Puppet Master movies are still being made, it's it's hard to keep track <laughs> of them. But um yeah, he uh he is the founder of Cinestate, and like I said, he bought everything. They own all back like three hundred issues that they've done. Uh and all the people it was really cool. He went on record to say that uh, all the people that have subscriptions that paid for magazines that they never got, they're yeah. going to make good on it. Really? And so cool. it's, it sounds like they're he's passionate about it. You know, he, he goes, Fangoria has always been here, and we're going to make sure that it's always here. It's a bold move, though. Mm -hmm. You know, like, magazines aren't the most lucrative business anymore. No, but if, if they have ideas to where they can expand on the company, though, and keep the magazine but do other stuff, I'm all about it. Sure. Evolve. That's yeah. totally fine. Right on. Um, got some John Carpenter news. Uh, John Carpenter uh, looks to be uh, scoring another movie outside of the new Halloween movie. Really? Uh, he's going to be scoring a movie called 1200 Souls, cool. uh, which is starring Gene Reno. I love Gene Reno. Gene Reno. So good. <laughs> or or if you're American, John Reno. Uh, why? 
No, I'm kidding. Gene <laughs> Reno is Gene Reno is the stupid American way of saying it. Is Gene uh, Reno is because it's actually Jean it, it's, Jean it's, it's Jean, Reno. Jean Reno. Right. Yeah, um, that was making a stupid joke. Gene Clear, Reno. Clearly, it didn't work. I don't know. Um, if, I don't know if you were though, because I I think you always used to just call him Gene. Reno, I know. Right? I, I did used to. I did used to. That's a, I'll full on admit that. Um, anyway, this is about a woman who returns to uh, the High Pyrenees to scatter her mother's ashes, but finds nothing but violence and supernatural deaths. Right on. Sounds like it's right up Carpenter's alley. And uh, I'm into any Carpenter synthy goodness. Yeah, so, for sure. Cool. Hell yeah, bring it on. Also, Carpenter has talked about how he's open to doing more films, mm. which is the first we've heard him say that in a long time. Very nice. Seems like maybe being back in the uh, director's seat of that Christine music video that he did mm-hmm. might have uh, might have got his juices flowing a little more. Get those old man juices <laughs> flowing. <laughs> get the, get the, that body bag back on its feet. Um, <laughs> uh, he goes. Uh, he was in doing uh, an interview or a podcast with Mick Garris, and Mick Garris says. Uh, so do you want to do another movie? Carpenter responded, sure, if it's right. Maybe uh, I'm working on a couple ideas. He goes, I love it, even the pain of it. So it kind of sounds like he misses the being in the hot seat. Because uh, <coughs> if you read in between the lines there, the sure, if it's right, means sure. If they pay if me there's enough. there's enough money. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what? I respect John Carpenter for keeping it real like that. He's like, just. Just pay me money and I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Everyone's going to look so forward to his next movie. It's just going to be a remake of The Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Same cast and everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, okay, where are we at here? Um, George Romero apparently was writing a book before he died mm. uh, called uh, The Living Dead. Um, the book now, uh, it's unfinished as it stands now. However, they have hired the Shape of Water scribe Danielle, uh, or, uh, Danielle Cross. I think I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, whatever. Uh, he was hired to finish it. I have mixed emotions about this. How do you finish a book that somebody was writing? Oh, it's been done. It's weird, though. It's been done. It if seems he, a little if, bit blasphemous has, to me. You know, if he has notes and stuff to go off of. I'm sure he probably outlined it, but still, I don't know. I guess. I, I think, don't know. I think I'm, the, I'm uneasy about it. I think the best part is how creative he was with the title. <laughs> the, the, the living good. Did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's uh, the way that it's been described <laughs> is that it's the massive, big budget version of what the of the dead movies could have been, right what on. Night of the Living Dead could have been if it had a huge, overblown budget. So it'll be interesting to read when it comes out. Um, hopefully, did, did you say the Shape of Water writer? Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm looking at the credits, the writing credits for the Shape of Water. Yeah. And- that's not anywhere. That's uh, that was in the article. That Screen I... screenplay by Guillermo del Toro. Screenplay by Vanessa Taylor. Uh, S- story by Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. Um, that's, we will revisit this because that's IMDb uh, right there. We'll revisit it because this was the release that I read. Okay. Um. How anyway, do you, how do you spell the name? I, I have it spelled wrong here, so don't even <laughs> don't even try. Well, that's why you can't pronounce it. You got to spell stuff right. <laughs> Shot it. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. Where are we at here? Uh. Did you see Get Out? Yeah, 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 it could yeah, be what yeah, we did yeah, for the yeah. show. Well, if you didn't, or if you wanted to see it in theaters, Get Out is returning to theaters on President's Day for one day only for free. Really? All AMC theaters are going to be hosting it for free on President's Day, which I believe uh, is the Monday after this episode airs. So if you're listening to this episode right away, you have like four, 24 hours to go see it. For free, you said? Yeah, wow. for free. Um, it's going to be so hard to get into the theater for oh, that. I'm it's sure, going to be sure. jam-packed. I'm sure. Uh, the Predator has been pushed back again. Uh, it, it's uh, release date was August 3rd. It is now pushed back just a little bit to September 14th. Uh, they're saying, basically, it's like, well, that's when It came out, and It did really, really well in that time frame, so they're seeing if they can get in on some of that It cash, probably. Right on. 
whatever, that's not a huge leap, but it's still pushed back a little bit. Um, this is fun. Kevin Williamson, uh, who was the writer of Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer, mm -hmm. uh, he's the one that uh, kind of single-handedly brought the whole like teen slasher genre back to the forefront. Yeah. Uh, he assigned the deal with Miramax. Go figure, Miramax is still around. <laughs> A little late on this news. Um, they, he has signed a deal with Miramax to reinvi reinvigorate the label's genre content. So he is going to be single-handedly responsible for bringing more genre f uh, flicks back to Miramax. Really? Yeah. Apparently they want to get back into it, and they have hired him to be the guy. So... Good. <laughs> once see they, if he once can... they start winning Oscars, everybody starts Yeah, I know, on. right? right. Oh, we need to make more genre right. movies. Well, we'll see. I mean, Kevin Williamson struck gold once. Let's see if he can do it again. Now, is it is it possible, just to jump back real quick, is it possible you're talking about the cinematographer from Shape of Water? What's his name? Dan Lawson? No. No? No. Didn't you say Dan something? Kraus. Kraus. Oh. Okay. I think it's like Daniel Kraus. I think it's like German or something. I don't know. Or it could just be Daniel Kraus. It could be Daniel Kraus, too. <laughs> Uh, okay, a uh, couple more things here before we get to your blues. Uh, rumors indicate that Woody Harrelson, yes, Woody motherfucking Harrelson, mm -hmm. could be playing Cletus Cassidy in the Venom movie. Cletus Cassidy, as we all know, mm -hmm. is Carnage. Mm -hmm. In a million years, I would not have cast him in that role. I can see it, though. Now that I hear it, though, I just never would have thought it. Now that I hear it, it's almost borderline genius. Yeah. Uh, the the rumors though are coming from I guess a, uh, a, a filming location in uh, California, mm -hmm. and it sounds as though that maybe this could be a post credit scene setting up the next movie. Okay. Because I guess yeah, Tom Hardy is in jail and uh, uh, Woody Harrelson is in like the shut up. I know. <laughs> it is. It's Daniel Krause. <laughs> Daniel, was he, was Daniel he, Krause. Was he the writer, though? He was a writer. Uh, the book, he was a process for writing, finished by The Shape of Waters, no, oh, novel, novel. co-writer. There it is. Okay. That's why. Okay. Right on. Gotcha. gotcha. I'm stupid. Um, anyway, I guess they're, uh, Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy are in a jail cell. So this could be like after everything happens, Tom Hardy's in jail. Mm -hmm. Maybe this sets up him meeting Cletus Cassidy. Right on. Could be. Uh, I'm excited, though, because Woody Harrelson can do anything. <laughs> yeah, I think, for sure. I think he's great. Cool. Um, okay, before we get to your blues, uh, did you ever watch V? Uh, the is TV, that, the, the TV show, show about people falling from the sky and stuff? Uh, yes. <laughs> it was an alien show, right? <laughs> yes. No, yes, I didn't. Well, uh, that's, that's literally all I know about it. Never got into it either, but apparently they're making a super big budget trilogy series of movies. Really? Out of the V series. That's literally all the information I have. To the blues! To the blues! Um, oop. Need to open them. <laughs> Just gotta open them real quick. Um, Come on, James! So, Scream Factory... Announced the collector's edition of Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Too soon. We knew this too, was coming. Too soon. We knew this was coming because they've talked about it before. Do they have an actual release date for it just, now, though? Just pouring salt in my wounds. Oh. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, March 27th, 2018. Nice. nice. Just after my birthday, Mike. I think you said that last time we talked about this. I, I'm just I'm just reiterating, you know. Uh, so, yeah. I'm going to set I'll, up a screening for you, actually, for your birthday. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd actually be really cool. Um... Uh, yeah, March twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Uh, that's got plenty of plenty of extras and stuff. The artwork is really cool. Yes, it is. Very sort of eighties looking, like eighties VHS looking, mm -hmm. uh, hand drawn. Really cool, like bright colors, and I don't know, just looks really awesome. Scream Factory is awesome. Uh, next up, we've got um, Vinegar Syndrome. It's a very uh, obscure nineties serial killer movie called Star Time. And that's coming out on March 27th. Okay. Apparently, uh, 
I, I'm going to read the synopsis for this one because I've never actually seen this movie or I don't know if I've even ever heard of it. Okay. But it sounds interesting. Uh, confused misfit becomes suicidal when his favorite TV show is canceled. An agent promises to make him a TV star if he kills certain people, so he becomes the baby mask killer. I'm in. Yeah. I'm into it. It's uh, very interesting. He kind of, like, in the baby mask because he's got, uh, I'll show you the picture. Oh. Kind of reminds me of Dollface from The Hills Run Red. It's like a cross between Dollface and The Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> That's really bizarre. Oh, you know what? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I have heard this. I've heard this movie mentioned before because mm -hmm. of the whole idea of this guy just like losing his shit because his favorite TV show is canceled. Sounds like me. That's my, <laughs> that's my future. <laughs> um, so moving right along, Italian horror film The Church is coming to Blu-ray. Uh, mm. Blu from, I uh, I own the DVD of that. Do you? It's very good. Yes. This is, now this is uh, so this was directed by Michelle Suave. Mm -hmm. I think that's or Sovi, probably Sovi. Uh, produced by Dario Argento. Yep. It's part of starring Asia uh, uh, Argento. Yeah. The uh, the version that I have is when Anchor Bay did those like Argento collections. They they released a bunch of his films mm -hmm. or a bunch of his produced films. Whatever. It's part of that set. It's a really good transfer. I wonder how much better the Blu-ray is going to be. Uh, I think that they. Said that they're doing a brand new, brand new transfer, brand new transfer, but I can't find it. So, um, yeah, so that's coming out. Uh, is that the one where I've I've never actually seen the movie, but is there a part where there's like a huge church kind of, yes. kind of orgy in the church where people's bodies start like melting Ye together, yes. sort of? Yes. Right on. That's cool. Um, yeah, that comes out <laughs> March twentieth, twenty eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, from MVD Rewind Collection, Abominable from yeah. two thousand six. Have you ever seen that movie? I was just talking to our friend Chris Jordan about this the really? other day. He's very excited about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, this movie is ridiculous. It's, have you seen it? Yes. Oh, I've yeah. not seen oh, it. Oh, you haven't? No. It's cool. It's a. It's a. It's the equivalent of a. A, a Bigfoot slasher movie. This was directed by Ryan Shifflin. I uh, that's his name. Uh, Shifrin, Ryan Sh Shifrin. Yep, yep. Yep. It's a gory Sasquatch slasher that was released back in 2006. Mm -hmm. uh, now they're taking it. They're, they're, this comes out June uh, June 12th, 2018. It was originally shot on 35. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you know, not the highest quality. Had really, really awesome early 2000s CGI. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe so, and so they're that's why they're actually they're they're taking it and they're improving all the CG yep. effects, Lucas cleaning them up, uh, cleaning up the timing on them and everything, and brand new 2K high definition transfer. So that's that, actually what I'm most excited about, even though I hadn't seen it. I, I like the idea of taking some of these early 2000s movies where the CG was just mm. bad, like really bad, and giving it the, giving it its just due. If it's a movie that people like, you sure. know, or is it yeah. a cult classic. Make it make it the way that it was supposed to be. Yeah, they should do that with Wes Craven's um, werewolf movie. Uh, that that's that's the movie that, uh, cursed. Oh, because cursed, that yeah. because that movie would it could be a fun teenage horror romp. Mm -hmm. uh, if the, the the CG is so bad in that movie, it just yeah. kills it. You know, like that that would be a movie you could you could go back remake it, and it might actually be a good passable movie. Right. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what they're doing with Sasquatch. And the last one we got here is the, uh, why won't you close? Why won't you, there we go. <laughs> Those Apple products. <laughs> a, a wacky 1991 horror film called The Boneyard. Have you ever heard of it? I have watched The Boneyard. Have you really? Yeah. With, I watched it on YouTube. With the long, poodle? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Long time ago. So this, uh, <laughs> this movie. Don't ask me what it's about. It's, it, I, <laughs> I know is, I've uh, seen it, but I don't think I retained most of it. Uh, Code Red and Kino Lorber have joined forces to release this. It comes out on April 
13th, and uh, when I say it's wacky, it's because it's about a psychic and a policeman who are investigating some uh, cult type activities. That's wacky! And they, that's, that is wacky! And they end up in a morgue, and they meet the, uh, the guy who owns the morgue, and he's got these three mummified bodies, mm -hmm. and he, they find out that he is killing people to basically offer up as, as flesh offerings to these three bodies. Mm -hmm. And then they arrest him on murder charges, but then these mummies wake up, all where's the beef, and uh, all nilly willy, <laughs> all willy nilly, and they just start wreaking havoc on this morgue. And there's there's a few people left in the morgue, and they end up possessing the bodies of uh, a morgue attendant named <laughs> Miss Mrs. Poopinplatz, <laughs> Mrs. Poopinplatz, and her poodle, turning them into giant mutated heinous creatures. So it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> no, from what I remember, it was fun. I watched it. I, in fairness, I was probably drunk when I watched it, but it was one what? of those. It was one of those movies no. that my uh, my buddy Chris, my buddy uh, well Chris Jordan, who I just talked about in Vito, we would find these random movies on YouTube that you could not find anywhere else, mm -hmm. and we would just watch them, you know, not on our own, and then just talk about them, or whatever. But uh, was this back when you could actually watch full length movies on YouTube without them trying to pop in and tell you that you have to pay for you it? You can probably still find this one. It's that low, but uh, but yeah. That was fun though, from what I remember. Cool. All right. Uh, that's it for blues. <laughs> Last bit of news is the news that I'm most excited about. Might mm -hmm. not be that big to everybody else, but we talked a little bit ago about how David S. Goyer uh, was going to be directing the new Masters of the Universe movie. Mm -hmm. And I said I was a little bit not happy about it because David S. Goyer does not have the greatest track record in <laughs> yeah. ruining fun franchises uh -huh. like Batman and Superman and you know Justice League. Every other damn man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, David S. Goyer is no longer directing ah. Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Whoop, whoop. <laughs> now he is still he is still producing it and they are still going to use the script that he co-wrote but there's going to be at least a new person directing it though to put a better spin and hopefully make better decisions but he's producing it still <laughs> he's still producing it oh. so so whoop whoop Pro but producers still get in there and try and get all their but he's going to be off on another project though. though so he's going to be preoccupied so right take that for what it is uh, I'm still excited that we're getting a new Masters of the Universe movie sure why not sounds Yes. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Cool. Boom! That was the news. All right. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, and um, when we come back, we're going to get crazy with all sorts of alternate realities. We're going to dive into a field of clovers, mm. trying to find one with four leaves. Crimson and clover. Crimson. Over. That's, no. that's not... <laughs> yeah, no. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. You're not looking at me. I'm like pointing at you to, to start. You're still playing the drums. Just feel it. I'm feel that rhythm. Man, I got my eyes closed, <laughs> my head back. I'm into it. All right, Cloverfield. <laughs> Go, Cloverfield, Cloverfield from 2008. Uh, the, the Cloververse. I, I've been very uh, excited to jump into this uh, for a while because these these movies are, are insane. The yeah. mythology behind these movies are insane. Uh, you know, J.J. Abrams is like, he just... He puts the extra effort in. He does. Know, and like, he does. There and and this whole universe is so like crazy. It's just, like the way it's spun together. It's crazy and it's amazing to figure out. And 
you know, admittedly, there's a lot of things that we had help with mm -hmm. from like YouTube videos and stuff Un to help to help us kind of figure it yeah, out. Yeah, well, at this point, unless you're one of the unless you're the kind of person that has been following it from the beginning and really keeping up on it, right. it would be impossible to go back and figure all this out on your own. Because some at, of the stuff's day. not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because they release little like like hidden videos <laughs> on the internet every once mm -hmm. in a while to kind mm -hmm. of tune you into the universe. So it's really cool. So the the first one from 2008 is about a, a group of friends who venture deep into the streets of New York on a rescue mission during a rampaging monster attack. Mm -hmm. uh, directed by Matt Reeves, who uh, just recently did War of the Planet of the Apes, oh. which I have not seen yet, but I have heard nothing but amazing things about. So uh, The last Planet of the Apes movie I saw was the uh, Wahlberg one. I haven't seen any of the new ones. The Wahlberg one was the remake. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm just telling you. It was. From like 2003? Yes. Yes. Did you just say, so you just said Matt Reeves just recently did that? No, he did War of the Planet oh, of the Apes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Listen to me, James. All right, Cloverfield. 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 Um, so uh, this, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a, uh, it's in our wheelhouse, first of all, because it's a found footage movie and we mm. love found footage. Do. It's and funny, this it, one is like one of the ones that's, I, to me, this is, this is one of my favorite big monster movies because mm -hmm. I, I do love found footage. I feel like the found footage was done really well in this movie. It does suffer from the uh, from the classic, like, why are you still filming this kind of thing? Yes, it does. But if you can put that aside. But this is the OG, why are you still filming it? <laughs> well, well that's, not, that's not entirely true. But, uh, well, I get it. Like, uh, HUD, the character of HUD, Played by T.J. Miller, which blew my fucking mind. You didn't, really, you didn't I, remember that he was in it. I come, I, I, I saw this movie back when I don't think any of these people were, I not famous, but like I don't think I'd seen them in anywhere else. The only so reason this is a completely new cast to me. The only reason reason I knew who T.J. Miller was is because I had seen his uh, his Comedy Central special, like his half hour special. Oh, okay. That's that's the only reason I knew who he was. Um, so he, uh, I, I understand him shooting when he's not really supposed to be shooting because he, he specifically says when they're out on the bridge at one point, he's like, I'm going to keep filming because people are going to want to see this. Yes. Uh, so I get that. At the end, though, when the camera gets dropped and one of the characters comes back to get it, that's when it's like, okay, well, why you have way more important things to worry about right. than coming back to get a camera. Right. But then he does, I mean, especially since Clover, the monster, is standing right over him unless it though, does, but it does he he, it he films sense, one last sort of message to the to the world to yeah. say this is who i am this is what i saw so maybe so it does it make it, it makes does sense, make sense. I yeah i don't know it's just one of those things where like you'd probably drop the camera especially there's a part where they're being attacked by the parasites and it's like yeah i'm pretty sure you'd get rid of the camera yeah. at that point yeah. even anyway even tj miller who claims to want to you know, people need to see this. There comes a certain point where fuck the camera. <laughs> fuck <okay? that. laughs> I mean, you can keep the tape, just run. Uh, um, so, so anyway, we have uh, Lizzie Kaplan has top yeah. bill on this, which mm -hmm. is interesting because she doesn't Did, play the biggest part in the movie. But still, no idea who she was back then. Now she's everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. I I knew who she was back yeah. then. I didn't know who Jessica Lucas was back then. Uh, we do who now. Plays Lily Ford. She was in uh, Evil the Dead. Evil Dead remake. remake. Uh, she's also in uh, Gotham. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, Michael Stahl David plays Rob Hawkins and his mm -hmm. character the, the reason this all kind of starts off is they're having a surprise party to send him off because he's going to work in Japan mm -hmm. for a company called uh, Tag Taguato mm -hmm. 
which is uh, which, which is a name that will come back pops up in many a lot many of, times lot of places. in the yep. in the uh, Clover universe. So Cloververse. Cloververse. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is there anybody else really? Uh, uh, yeah. S- um, oh, okay. Odette Annabelle uh, looks so familiar, and I cannot place her to save my life. She's uh, the one that played Beth. So she okay. She played Beth, who was sort of the love interest of of Rob. I could not place her to save my life, but she looks so familiar. She was in the Unborn. I saw that. No? Maybe. Maybe I did. Maybe that's where it's from. Uh, I don't know. She, maybe she's just got one of those faces. She kind of looks like a little bit like, like Megan Fox a little bit. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, I can get that it's, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken. It, but, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the other guy that I that I recognized was uh, Ben Feldman, who played Travis. And he was in the Friday the 13th remake. He was one of the... Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. He was one of the guys in the Friday the 13th remake. Uh, part of uh, part of the crew that goes to the goes to the cabin. Did you say Ben Feldman? Yep. Which one was he? Uh, he played Travis, uh, Beth's new boyfriend, when she shows up at the party. Oh, yeah. He's on that. Uh, there's a TV show called Cloud Nine mm-hmm. with the girl from Ugly Betty. Yeah. No? It's pretty he, funny, actually. He also looks like, uh, um, who's the boss? Uh, I can't think of his Tony Danza. He looks like Tony Danza a lot. Yeah, he kind of like I think a really young. Tony I think he's Danza. got like a Benny the Jet Rodriguez thing going on from uh, from uh, Sandlot. Oh yeah, Doesn't yeah, he? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, this 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 kind of starts off with uh, this party. That's where things all kind of kick off. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit before that, but uh, and they're having a good time. Uh, Beth shows up with her with her with a with this dude. Rob's not feeling it. He's kind of depressed, and and they step out onto the fire escape to uh, have a little dude chat. We know mm-hmm. what that's about. Oh, like we do. Get drunk and have a dude chat we on used the to side. Have, we used to have an apartment that, in fact, had a little balcony staircase. Absolutely. Lots of nights. Lots of dude chats. Lots of dude chats. Lots of other dude stuff, too. <laughs> um, lots so, of swords. And, uh... Lots of played, uh, what's <laughs> tummy sticks. <laughs> oh, oh, that just sounds gross. Um, so uh, they they step out onto the balcony. All of a sudden, there's this just huge explosion. They don't know what's going on. Now this movie, uh, it, it came out or it, well, it was kind of. Um, don't they don't they mention actually like in in the movie they mention nine eleven at one point don't they? Um, it's funny that you bring when, this up. When things I, start to go down, like they're talking about. I I you know it's funny I. No, well, okay. maybe they might be, and it's funny. I don't remember them specifically mentioning it, I, I even if they be did. Wrong. Maybe I'm just the, the funny thing is that the fact that you bring that up, though, in my notes, I have on here it says I can't help but draw comparisons between this and 9 11 with the people in the streets running. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's funny, and it's in New York, and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's everything else. And I really couldn't, though. I'm, I'm watching this as as the as they're out in the streets. I'm jumping a little ahead here, but when they're on the streets running around after the monsters attacking the city and all mm-hmm. that, I can't. I could not help but think about that. It's like this is how it was on right on the streets on the 11th of September. Like people were literally running their to save their lives as these massive like clouds, clouds of, of dust. dust. That's and what, yeah, like, is a part. There's in actually it. really like famous uh, camera footage yeah. from 9/11 of that. Just the wall of dust. And they almost recreated that yeah. in Cloverfield. It's pretty eerie, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so so yeah, this giant explosion goes off. They don't know what's going on. They decide to try and f- figure it out. They go down to the streets. The uh, the head of the, of the Statue of Liberty ends up coming tumbling down the streets mm-hmm. they off in the distance they can see something destroying buildings i like i really like how they uh oh my god i just figured it out what 
this is totally the precursor to Planet of the Apes. Because <laughs> when they find the head of the, uh, that's why it's decapitated. Uh, no, it's not decapitated in Planet <laughs> oh, of the Apes. Oh, you're right. It's on it the body. Just, it was buried. Damn, it was buried down that. in the sand. <laughs> oh my God, you did it. Uh, so, so yeah, they they know that obviously it's no it's this is no normal terrorist attack or anything like something actually physically ripped the head of the Statue of Liberty off yep. and threw it down the street. Which interesting fact I didn't. I guess I, I, I have you ever been to the Statue of Liberty in real I life? I have not. I've actually never been to New York City. Really? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm. It's it's huge. It's a gigantic statue, and when the thing That's comes, it's a big bitch. It's a big. Hey, just respectful. Uh, it is a big bitch, though. But uh, like when you're standing there, it looks huge, and when it comes tumbling down the road in this movie, mm-hmm. it it seems like it would be pretty pretty accurate. There's apparently a, a teaser trailer. I forgot to go back and look at it, but the original teaser trailer that I think played before Transformers mm-hmm. back in 2008. Um, that gem. Was it Transformers? Yeah, I think. But uh, it showed it like all the teaser trailer was is you heard the monster roar and then you saw the the uh, the head of the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. come rolling. And apparently they actually had it like life size, and people were complaining. They're going. That doesn't look big enough. It's not. It's, it should be way no, bigger. It's like the, this the is an actual. <laughs> this is a thing. This is a real. Like we're trying to keep it real here. But uh, so they made the the stat the head of the <laughs> statue much larger for the movie. Yeah. Which you know, it's an alternate universe. So whatever. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it, you follow them around the city. Uh, uh, Rob finds yep. out that Beth is trapped in her uh, apartment building, so they decide to basically... Now she wants him. Yeah, now now I need help. <laughs> so they, they make their way toward her place, which is the opposite direction of everybody else. And that's, so. a, that's essentially your plot of the movie. Right, it's right. them going back for Beth and navigating the streets and giant monsters and the military and hilarity ensues. Not <laughs> hilarity. But um, am I the only one that thinks that... And this, this could be terrible of me to say... <clears throat> You never want to be caught in a perilous situation. I know like that, exactly when what you're going to say. Horrible things are happening, and I totally agree. But <laughs> what an insane ride it would be to be running around the streets. Mm-hmm. Things are crashing down all right. terrifying. I'm just going to be wrong. I'd be shitting my pants 15 times over. But you'd be running around the streets, and there's giant, uh, this massive monster, and it would be so incredibly surreal. Like, I, thought, I thought the same thing. I was like, I wouldn't yes, want to. people I are dying. Like, I don't. I don't want to die. Like, this is this this is cinema we're talking sure, about. So, sure. if I were in a cinematic universe, being in a giant monster movie would be pretty sweet. <laughs> it's it's what I love too. Is is J.J. Uh, Abrams said in a uh, in an interview when this movie first came out that he got the idea for it when he went to uh, Japan with his son, mm-hmm. and Godzilla is still such a massive part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I want. I wish that America had a version of this. Yeah. Like it's such a cool concept. It's just a you know, it's just it's a cool science fiction story. Right. And that was that's exactly where the story came from. It's like I said, it's it's exactly like somebody in Tokyo that day that Godzilla attacked and was filming it. That's exactly what this is, and it's yeah. awesome. Um, so good. This the, might be one of the best American-made monster movies. Like I said, I really uh, aside Top from the fact, three probably aside from the fact that like for some people clearly, found, sorry, found, clearly Godzilla '98 being number one. Just <laughs> just saying. I actually have a comment about that, but for for some people, uh, found footage is definitely not your thing because yep. the shaky camera makes some people get sick and stuff like that. If you can get past that fact in this movie, as a monster movie, this is really up there. You know, it's funny. I mentioned to Jay uh, earlier 
Um, cause Jay, unfortunately wasn't able to watch the movie. So I was kind of describing them to him. And I said that this is one of those movies where the camera quality is so good. Whoever was holding the camera, he must've had like a giant rig strapped to him the entire time. But then it dawned, dawned to me though, that the camera they're using is actually a pretty high tech camera for the time. Yeah. It was a pretty nice camera. It's the kind of cameras that we used to use when we used to make our, uh, films. Right. Uh, with our buddy Al. Yeah. He had a real nice camera that looked amazing. Yeah, so it actually makes sense. I actually saw Al yesterday. Oh, really? Did yeah, you really? At the DIA. Yeah. We were like, it was like in passing. And, uh, yeah, it was in passing, but I, I ran across him at the DIA and we, he was with a lady friend or something like mm -hmm. that, checking some, some art out and we were checking something he, else. He's, he's checking some art and, out. <laughs> <laughs> boot piece, and, uh, right? And I was boot, like, oh, it's boot piece. So I didn't actually get a chance to say hi or talk to him because we were walking out of room as he was going in mm -hmm. somewhere else and. So oh, it's, cool. yeah. it's always weird to randomly say hi to somebody you don't know that well. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, shit, this is awkward. All yeah. right. Uh. So what have you been up to? Oh, you know, same. What about you? Eh, same. I'm going to go over here now. Okay, All right, cool. well, See. I'm going to go check out this red dot in the middle of a <laughs> white sheet of paper that they call art. Big gulp, eh? <laughs> well, well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's totally random. I haven't seen Alan ages, yeah, man. It's, it's weird time. that you brought him up because we haven't talked about mm -hmm. him or anything in a while. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. But, um, uh, but yeah, like I said, it dawns on me, though, that at that point in time, though, they would have those kind of cameras. So actually, yeah. it looks pretty legit for what it is. Rega regarding my comment about Godzilla 98, um, I feel like this movie is what Godzilla 98 wished it was. No, no. Godzilla 98 is exactly what it should be. No. Exactly what it should be. It's a pile of shit. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. We've, we've settled this. It is a fun movie to watch, but it is a pile of shit. Um, so anyway, uh, I, we really don't... I, I don't think we need to say too much more about Cloverfield like no, you, you you get the sense that you get the sense that they're they're that the government maybe knows some things that they're not telling you oh well uh, well I, I, well the military seems pretty in the dark they don't really know yeah, what's going yeah. on I'm sure somebody somewhere does but they don't really touch on it too much in this movie well I guess I'll bring up one of the one of the small details that you need to take note of if you decide to watch this trilogy mm -hmm. uh, the fact that um the fact that Rob is going to work in Japan for a company called Slusho, mm -hmm. who's owned by... Is that how you say that? Slusho? Slusho. Slusho? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, like a slush drink. Oh, okay. Slusho. Oh, Slusho. Uh, uh, <laughs> made by a company, the, 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 the mother company or whatever you want to call it is uh, Tagurato. Yeah. And they've got their feet in a lot of different... <laughs> that's the name that I was looking for. And you said Slusho. I'm like, I'm not sure that's how you pronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, there's not even an S in it. That's, that's why <laughs> or an L. Like, is it a silent T and then this invisible S and H? Like, what's going on here? No, Slusho, Slusho is where he he's going to work for them, for this beverage yes. company. But they are owned by Tagurato. And Tagurato... Is, am I saying that right? I, I, I think I, so. you're close enough, yeah. Um, close, close enough. What the, whatever. <laughs> There's no credibility on this show anyway. But uh, they own they own a bunch of other uh, companies. Like they own um, uh, Bold Futura, Bold Futura mm -hmm. who they do work with satellites and other mm -hmm. wheelings and dealings in space. They also own a, um, uh, a deep sea drilling company. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Taguato is itself the deep sea uh, drilling company, so uh, it's it's important to note that yes. that name keeps popping up in yeah in the movies. Yeah. 
Uh, so these, yeah, these movies are so layered and intertwined in ways that we don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to... It, it, oh, it's just nuts. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the Saw series, how there are things that take place in like this first movie that will probably come into play in like Cloverfield 10 that we never even noticed. Right. That it's just genius writing for them to just put little things in. They, may not, they might not even know what they're doing with them yet. Yeah. Yet these little things will become... A big deal later on. I think that there's secrets even in this first movie that nobody's even figured out mm-hmm. yet. Oh you yeah, know? like yeah. there's there's just layers and layers and layers of stuff to peel back. And uh, I mean, there's totally random stuff like, uh, well, I guess this was more for um, uh, for paradox, but like they even they adapted to the times, and there was they they made an appearance at a uh, um, I, I don't know if it was like a movie award type thing or something mm-hmm. but they brought a slusho truck with them mm. and people were noticing that all of the uh slusho flavors had a little robot that was uh each flavor had its own little robot mascot yeah. but they noticed that there was a seventh robot mascot that didn't show up on the truck anywhere other than by the flavor so people like took a picture of it and then put it into Snapchat mm-hmm. and then figured out that if you put it in Snapchat it filled it in like and then they sent that it's so then yeah. they sent that to uh uh who the hell made this movie um the the production oh uh, oh uh, bad robot yeah uh they sent it to bad robot and then bad robot sent out these like little prize packages to the people yeah, with we'll, more information regarding that we'll, we'll get, get into, into this, a lot yeah. of that stuff later but th- these movies are absolutely crazy yeah it's awesome um one I, before we move on though, I do want to. There's a couple of things I noticed about this movie that I have to bring up. Yeah, sure. Um, up until the the crew meets the military, so they're they're running through the train uh, on, on the subway tracks underground or whatever. They're yeah. running through the city, the whole deal. There is no fucking way, no way in hell that she's running through the subway stations uh subway tunnels mm-hmm. and climbing up on things and literally running her ass off and she is still wearing heels which one? i don't buy it who are you talking about uh the main girl the girl from uh uh, uh, uh jessica lucas lily lily is wearing heels is she wearing heels the whole this time? entire time i noticed it when they're in the they're in the mall where no. the compound is dude, i don't buy it i don't buy it no that's that <laughs> you're you you just don't you don't you don't No, they're stilettos dude you don't they know weren't just heels. they were like stilettos you don't know what you don't know mike because <laughs> There are there are girls who are so skilled. Have you ever seen Ultraviolet? Uh, like no. Mila Jovovich has has mastered sprinting in heels. Like she's amazing at it. And it's just something like if you get used to it, it's just an extension. Well, it's like skateboarding. It becomes an extension of your foot. This wasn't Mila Jovovich in this movie? Well, this was Jessica Lucas, and maybe <laughs> she wears heels a lot. And all right, fine, fine. That, maybe that maybe that one's that you can talk your way out of that one. One I, thing one, I just did. One thing though that I found was super super convenient. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they reach Beth's apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's in shambles. It is leaning over onto another building. It's engulfed in flames. Like like this 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 building was done fucked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they had this this great idea to go to the building that it's leaning on, go to the top floor, and then make their way to the roof to get down to her apartment. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that when they got to the roof to get to the other building, her apartment was so just conveniently located right there. They they did uh, not have to go down anywhere. I was like they crossed over onto the roof, went down one staircase. Oh, her apartment's right there. How convenient. Well, he did say that she lived <laughs> on the 39th floor, but I think that uh I 
I think that there was a little bit of a skip in time because he uh, HUD cuts the camera every once in a while. Because mm-hmm. if you like after that scene when they crawl back over to the building that's not leaning over, you skip that whole trip from the thirty ninth floor yeah, down to the down to the floor or down to the lobby. I don't he turns think the camera off and then pops that it back much, on. Much though, I don't think they did. Because I remember, I remember watching. It, I go, that that's weird. It's just right there. It's very convenient for them. I mean, good well, for she, good for them. But <laughs> well, she was she, was, her apartment was very high when they went to get her, and they're like it's leaned over. They're still really high, so it would Fair make enough. sense that she would be located just, near the just roof. That was convenient. That's all. Um, one more thing to mention is the uh, the parasites. Mm-hmm. I thought were a cool addition. Yes. Yeah, they were really cool. Uh, during one of the newscasts, they they're showing a, a shot of Clover, the the monster. And uh, they say there's something falling off of it, and you just see these like giant things falling to the ground, and then all of a sudden you see one pop up and just sprint at a dude and attack him. And they end up confronting these things down in the subways, and uh, I thought they were really cool. They're I, I've heard they people describe much, them as like lice, basically, like the equivalent of lice. They very much reminded me of smaller versions <coughs> of the aliens from Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, kind of. Yep. Very much. Like very. They're kind of like buggy. Like, like kind of like like praying mantis. <laughs> the sound that they made was amazing. They're like, <laughs> like totally not so the sound that you would expect. Choking on a dick. That's that, that's 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 what the aliens are doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, we're gonna come back to this yeah, movie yeah, when yeah. we're talking about all three. So let's let's do a, a rundown of the next two, okay. and then we'll. Uh, so from 2008 in Cloverfield, we have to wait another. Uh, there you go. Eight years. Eight years. No. <laughs> Was it eight years? Yeah, 2008 to 2016. Oh, yeah. Duh. Derp. My Car- math is carry the Carry the one. Carry the one. And you uh, get eight. X is in B. 2016. There you go. So wait a while, the, though. The like, like They have been planning a sequel for a long time, though. Yep. And there was, a, there was a sizable gap between mm-hmm. these two movies, especially when you consider that uh, Cloverfield Paradox came out two years after this one. Right. Um, so 10 Cloverfield Lane was a bit of a mind fuck because you have this 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 super hyper movie in Cloverfield like never stops for right. the most part right. and then you have 10 Cloverfield Lane which is it you could not be more of the polar opposite yeah kind of movie and it's weird cuz you don't typically see sequels that just completely use a, a different genre completely for a sequel that's what i love about this series so far is uh, all three of these movies are <sighs> vastly different yeah very different so mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty cool you you basically in this one um if you didn't know that if it didn't have the name cloverfield in it you would never even think that it was part of the same universe Not until the last seven minutes and even still like those those creatures don't look anything like the clover monsters no. from the from the the first one so no. um this one is after getting in a car accident a woman is held in a shelter with two men who claim the outside world is affected by a widespread chemical attack. Like I said, if you didn't know this, that this was part of the Cloverfield universe, you could you could go into this movie. Like, it would be a really interesting movie to just, like, have a guy who, you know, abducts this girl yeah. and tells her, you can't go outside because it's the end of the world out there, so you have to stay here with me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you actually kind of get that sense from this for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very 
very quiet, very shady, very well, surly, you, and you, he doesn't and he doesn't really give her a lot of details. So you can't get a good grasp on him. Sometimes right. he seems like a piece of shit. Sometimes he seems like a really misunderstood guy. Right. Like maybe he's just super awkward and he's really trying to help, but he just doesn't really know how to act around people. Like you, it's really really difficult to get a good read on him. And to the credit, John Goodman, just proving once again that he is. Far and above one of the best actors of of his generation. Yeah, like, he really like, killed it. Just, of any generation. Like, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he's Absolutely. awesome. Good old Dan. Good on you, Dan. <laughs> Dan. I can't wait for the new Roseanne. Mm. I think that comes out this month. Yeah. Or, I, uh, or next month, rather. I never liked the old Roseanne. What? I was not a Roseanne fan. Come on. Ah! Yeah. yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Maybe it's just the, uh, maybe it's just the bad acts in me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because they were sort of a... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, other than John Goodman, who plays a guy named um, Howard... They don't have his last name here, but it's... Uh, How? No, not How. <laughs> um, this is Howard. Yeah, well, he, his last name is actually quite important. It is, yes. I, I can't remember. Why the hell can't I think here, of his name? Keep talking, I'll look okay. it up. Okay. Uh, so John Goodman plays Howard. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Michelle. This is the girl who is, uh, you don't know if she's abducted, you don't know mm-hmm. if he's actually saving her life, but she ends up down in this uh, fallout shelter with him. It's kind of, he's a, he's a prepper, you know, oh, doomsday yeah. prepper, and he's actually and got his shit together as far uh, as that goes. He's probably one of the best. Yeah, oh yeah. You know. Um, and then John Gallagher, who plays Emmett, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Like for the majority of the movie, it's just these three people. There's yeah. a there's a couple other people that that pop up for a couple minutes, but other than that, it's it's just these three. There is an interesting cameo by Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> he just there's in the first ten minutes of the movie, it's uh, you're just hearing the score, and you're not really hearing any dialogue or anything like that. And then you finally hear uh, Michelle's phone ring in her car. Mm-hmm. And she answers it and has it on speakerphone, and you hear uh, Stambler. Stambler, there you go. Stambler, I was Howard, way off. Howard Stambler, <laughs> Samsonite. Uh, so you hear you hear this voice, and uh, we're, and it's we were strong with the Dumb and Dumber quotes. <laughs> that was the first Dumb and Dumber quote. No. What was the other one? The Big Gulp. Oh, so two, two <laughs> Dumb and Dumber quotes. It's more That's than strong. normal. Usually, it's a big fat goose egg. So. <laughs> um. So he uh. Uh, I, I lost my, oh yeah, Bradley Cooper, just totally yeah. random. He literally has like four lines or something it like that. It makes you wonder if they do stuff like that though to set up future things right, like, where Bradley Cooper show could up be a somewhere character. Else, yeah. Like I want, I want, uh, I'm jumping way, 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 way ahead here though. I want the, um, uh, why are names so hard right now? I don't know. The dude from Gotham, uh, uh that was the author in Paradox. Who is the author? The author of the book. And, and, and oh, Donald Logue. Donald Logue. Yeah. I want to see the Donald Logue movie. Is what I want to see. Yeah. Really bad. Cause I love Donald Logue. Sorry, and, we're jumping way ahead. Here, yeah. But. <laughs> um. So it, it's it's really an interesting movie. It's like it's pretty slow paced. There's no, the the horror comes more from the interactions between. Uh, it's a personal horror. John like it's, John it's, Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead yep. basically because she's just so petrified because she sure. she for for a good portion of the beginning of the movie she just thinks that he's lying and that he's abducted her and he just wants to keep her mm-hmm. in this uh dungeon essentially so 
Um, that that's kind of where the real horror comes from because mm-hmm. he snaps every once in a while. Like he's not the type of guy who likes to fuck around. And that's where you that's where you, you have a hard time understanding who his character actually is because you don't know if he's snapping because he just doesn't like people. He doesn't right. know how to interact with people, so he's trying his best. He you know he did a good thing by saving her after this car accident. And there's another guy there too uh, who <laughs> Emmett. Ter- Emmett uh, he turns out to be the guy that helped build the shelter. Right. And so when everything was going to shit outside. He ran to the shelter because he knew it was a place where he could be safe. Right. Uh, not much to uh, Howard's dismay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's not really too excited to have this guy around. He's kind of stumbling around the place, knocking mm-hmm. shit over. And mm-hmm. he's been injured, which, you know, if you're dealing with an injury in a situation like this, things could go wrong. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Like, she hears noises up, up above her and stuff. So that's when you kind of, like... They do a really good job of making you think that Howard is lying to her the entire yeah. time, because uh, she thinks she hears cars and and she and all kinds of things going on above them. But mm-hmm. he tells her there's no way the oh, that's air the is. Mil- that's the military. That's you right. Know, it's the Russians coming because yeah, they. Or... It's the second wave of the. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's like a real like like a real doomsday prepper nut. and a conspiracy nut. Like he's talking about. Uh, if the if the Russians finally got their shit together, this could be like biological warfare, or God forbid, the Martians finally figured out how to get all the way to Earth, and then we don't know what we're dealing with. So yep. it's he he comes across as a nut job, which he kind of is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a crazy. But then you get the sense, like yeah, like yeah, he flies off the handle and stuff sometimes, but it always just comes back to he. His main goal is to keep himself alive, mm-hmm. and he's not going to let anybody else stand in the way of that. So if these sure. if these two other people with him want to screw with him, and they don't appreciate the fact that he saved their life, then he's going to do what he has to do to keep himself safe. But for for a, a it seemed like a decent amount of time though, you know they're they're all living fine. They're, they're cooking dinner together, and they're doing they're because because like I said, she there's, goes up, she runs a tur- upstairs. There's a turning point. Yeah, she yeah. she. She hatches a plan to get the keys and try to escape because she does not believe what's going on. Mm-hmm. As she's trying to escape, though, she sees the real horror outside. There's a woman trying to get in, and she's all diseases to shit, and like, like she's crazy. And that's when she realizes, oh, God, the air isn't safe out there. Right. There really is something going on. Right. This guy's not lying to me. Right. And so to, to, uh, uh, to Howard's credit, you know, she blasts him in the face with a, a beer, beer bottle, bottle, and he's just like, and it's almost like he understands. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. I, this is it's hard for everyone. Right. I'm going to let you get this out, and just hopefully, the, and that's and that's why you start to think, oh, he's actually not that bad of a dude. Like he, he's actually giving her yeah, actually, the benefit of the doubt. And this happens twice. She stabs him with a a friggin' <laughs> crutch in the beginning. Yeah. Like, like this is the second time this has happened, and he's just kind of letting her go through the motions. So it's like you get the impression, like, okay, so he's not crazy. He actually does have a heart. Right. And he does know what's going on. Right. You know, he lets and her stitch him look, up. He's and, willing to look past her injuring him twice. She, he understands it. And then I, I think it's once she sees the true horror outside, and she starts to kind of calm down about it, and be a little more receptive to what he's saying. Then they do a montage where the three of them are actually living a pretty nice life together. Yeah. They're playing games and they're doing puzzles and stuff like that and mm-hmm. listening to music. It's actually a pretty sweet Fallout shelter. He's got DVDs and VHS. I want that fish tank. Fish in my tank. House, He's man. got an air air purification He's, system. He's I have got, uh, I have a lot of uh, DVDs and VHS cassettes. VHS cassettes. <laughs> if you'd like to watch any of them. Um, and yeah, then, he definitely comes across as like a sort of a. 
he, he's just very like in himself. Sure. Like he doesn't really talk to a lot of people. He's kind of awkward and, you know, he's, he's an introvert. Yeah. An introvert. Uh, and then the air filtration system stops working. Right. And this is when all shit breaks loose. Now I know I know you don't typically like uh stuff where people have to crawl through tight spaces. Did, did this bother you at all? This scene? As far as uh like her crawling through the the vents. Are you cool with that? No, I'm totally okay with it. My problem always comes from the fact that those vents are never that clean. <laughs> well, it's that's... like I want to see I just want to see a movie where somebody's forced to crawl through the vents and they come out the other side and they they're just dirty as hell. They never are. Those vents are filthy. I've been in them. They're filthy. To be fair, they've only <laughs> been using this. Uh, they've only been using this fallout shelter for like. Okay, this a couple might weeks be the something. only exception where I will give you that. <laughs> this might be the only version of it that I'll give it to you. Like in Dawn of the Dead, though, in a shopping mall. Yeah. They're calling. Fuck that. No, those things are <laughs> filthy. <laughs> um, okay, so she has to go up though and fix this, and the only way to they can't get the hatch open to get to the room for right. some reason. Um, Excuse me. Uh, so this, this beer is fantastic. Doing, doing what beer it is, does. It is doing what beer does. Um, so she has to crawl through the vents, though, to basically go from one end of the vent to the other to get into the room to reset the air filtration system. Yeah. While she's up there, she sees another hatch that leads to the surface, and there's a window. And she uncovers, scratched under the inside of the glass, help yeah. with blood. Right. Um, they start putting... I don't want to give all the spoilers away, but they start putting the pieces together, and they realize... Howard is not who he seems. Who he seems. So her, so uh, uh, what's I can't remember her name. Michelle. Uh, Michelle. Michelle and Emmett hatch up a plan to basically get out. Yeah. She feels she's a, a, a clothes designer. Mm -hmm. That's what she's always wanted to do. And uh, so she, they hatch a plan to get some material to make a hazmat suit for one of them. Mm -hmm. And they have this big hatch plan to get out. Well, uh, Howard finds out, and it's terrifying how there's a part in this movie. That I jumped because I did not see it coming. Which part? The. Oh yeah. Not gonna say it, but uh, <laughs> you kind of gave it away. Someone with the sound gets effect. shot in the head. I'll just put it that way. Oh okay. Well, uh, <laughs> not gonna say it, but I will say it. Uh, no, it, it comes out of nowhere. It really though. does. Yeah. It won't now if you've never seen this movie because I just gave it away. But yeah, hopefully you're watching the movies before you're listening to I, this. I was legitimately terrified though when he first pulled out that. 50 gallon drum of sulfur or not uh, what kind of acid was it it was uh it started with a p i can't remember what it was called we'll call it p acid okay yeah sure p um, acid, p acid. <laughs> uh I, I, when he pulled it out though, i go oh shit like what is going on this is after they start putting pieces together mm -hmm. you're like oh god oh god and i thought that was gonna happen i did not expect the the, the whole yeah, gunshot yeah. thing um and so yeah so yeah so and we've already talked about the ending how she gets out so she eventually gets out and instead of your clover monsters like you have in the first cloverfield movie this is a straight-up alien invasion mm -hmm. like mothership in the background like it's aliens through and through like there's no right. two ways about it um and what's there's a there's an interesting thing that somebody brought because the uh the the kind of the sort of dog like the hound that's coming after her is almost yeah. worm-like and somebody brought up an interesting uh, parallel between uh, Cloverfield Paradox and that creature. Oh, which oh, I, yes, which, oh. which I'll get to. I'll get to. I had later. the same thought. I know exactly where you're going with that. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So that's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, I feel as though if you would have seen this movie when, when it first came out, you would have been so just confused coming out of this. It's a, I expected, like, I, we all knew that this wasn't going to be a straight, typical type of sequel movie. Right. Yet, when you finally see the monsters at the end, though, you expected to see Clover. You expected to see those monsters. And when you saw Aliens and and bad air and the whole deal like mm-hmm. and then there's this like this house that the girl that she runs up the Michelle runs up to and like there's this massive ship behind the house it's like well this not, is so different not to mention the biggest the biggest thing of all is uh, this is 8 years after the events of the original Cloverfield yeah. movie so why are they seemingly why why are they not talking about that at all that seems like something that Howard would have on his mind yeah. so that's when you start to kind of wonder if um these are taking place in the same reality. I'm not sure I would. Well, yeah, I guess I probably would have thought that back then, but it, there's no basis to it, though. Right. You say it's, it's almost like this weird cockamamie idea that I ah, can't possibly be that. Like, it, 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 it's, it's a mindfuck. These movies were straight mindfuck. No, this this movie was originally written as a, a standalone movie. Yes, it was. And, and this is a retrofit. Adapt, adapted into yep. a, a Cloverfield movie, which is probably why it makes it so far removed in, in theme and everything. So um, there was something I was going to say, but I can't remember, so we'll I, just move I on. I can't help you with it. Uh, I'll come back to it if I if I think about it. Yeah. Um, oh, so- uh, Emmett. Sorry, I, I, I a couple things. That I have a huge list of stuff I didn't even touch on. Oh. I'm not going to get to it all. But uh, Emmett is played by the same guy that played the killer in Hush. Oh, dude! Yeah. I knew that I yeah. recognized him. I, I could not place him though. Yeah, super. I love love his character. He's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and he was great in Hush. He was great in this too. Yeah. He's uh, Emmett's character in this was absolutely me if I was in that situation. Why? Just, just kind of joking. Just not really taking anything <laughs> seriously. Like uh-huh. enjoying the moment. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like that would be absolutely me. Um, well, you're stuck in a hole with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It wouldn't um, be that bad. <laughs> it really, really would. But they couldn't touch each other. That was, that was the house rule. They could not. Become... You think it? You think it was just like the idea, like, like if I have if I have you guys engaging in shenanigans, then there's a, a risk of like a pregnancy or something like that, and I can't afford no. to have another mouth no. to feed down here. Or what? I think it was she's mine. Oh, don't fucking there touch you go. her. Okay. Oh, there was something I was gonna bring up is. Uh, if you if you look at so uh, people have people have kind of dubbed the the whole universe outside of the movies the ARG it's altered reality yeah. game um, I, that's not just applied to this universe I, I think it's something that's kind of common but um, so the altered reality game this universe you could find letters and stuff from Howard to his daughter and he really tried to get his daughter to come back and and be with him in this shelter. And uh, and she wouldn't do it. She's off with her mom somewhere. So basically, what he's doing is, uh, what you find out, what you find out about, which I yeah, this is a big spoiler, but he's yeah. he's trying to replace his daughter in a way. Yeah. So that's that's in, pretty in, important in a to the story. Ridiculously creepy way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> what do you think the creepiest part of this movie was? The creepiest part. Why don't you give me yours? Because that was a, I wasn't expecting that, and I gotta think about it. When Howard shaved his beard. Oh, when he brings her ice cream. It's subtle. It's, it's like, so subtle. The it's whole like movie. He was gussying himself up. The for whole her a little movie. Bit. He's got like stubble, like, uh-huh. a, like a, a exaggerated five o'clock shadow. Essentially, it's not a full beard, but it's there. Uh, and then the second that Emmett is dead, and it's just the two of them. Yeah, he like he, like goes and shaves, and it's so 
creepy. One well, he he so also creepy. He also uh, like at, right after Emmett, uh, he um, he kind of hugs her and he says, "It's okay. It's just the two of us now." And that's how it was always meant to be. And it's like then you yeah. really start to get the creep vibes. I'm not from him. convinced that the, the weird thing is I'm not convinced that. He had like a sexual relationship. No, with, with I think anybody it was, I think that he was may a, have kept captive. No, there no, before. I think it was a father-daughter thing, but like a forced sort yeah. of father-daughter thing. Yeah, um, like I, you will get Stockholm syndrome eventually. Right. Like he was like well, forcing even, that. I guess one work. of the parts I thought was really creepy too is when he was talking about cooking down there, and he looks at her and just really seriously goes, "You'll learn to look. You'll you'll learn to love to cook too." Yeah. Yeah. Just like telling her, you're going to be down here for a long time and I'm going to tell you what you're going to love, you know? So the craziest part of my night watching this movie had nothing to do with the movie itself. As soon as the movie ended and the, uh, I turned off the uh, the the, play, uh, the Xbox I was watching it on because it was on Hulu, um, I heard this massive thud outside my house. Yeah. Which could have been anything, Just but your... it was followed up immediately <laughs> by a helicopter flying by really? <laughs> and it's like, I'm, th- I'm sitting there in the dark in my house by myself going i'm fucked i'm just i'm dead I'm, i know how this goes i've literally just watched how this goes i'm fucked <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of which in cloverfield in the first one they uh they say f-18s inbound from selfridge oh did they really? selfridge what yeah. selfridge is literally like uh what probably five miles from your house no, so, a little self, more than that a little more than that. It's about 20 minutes well like at, minutes from my house I'm, I'm thinking like as the crow flies Oh, like maybe, a, like yeah. a straight line from you to Selfridge is probably, probably still more than that. But yeah. or as the F eighteen flies, if you will. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, well. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, we're gonna jump into Cloverfield Paradox, yes. and then we'll start twisting these all together. So Cloverfield Paradox uh, came out just uh, what a week and a half ago. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl. Mm. I won sixty bucks that day. Yeah. <laughs> for for a guy who. <laughs> Never watches any sports at all. It sucks <laughs> when you win. That's how that's how it always goes too. It is. I'm bad today with my uh, <laughs> my voice <laughs> cracking. So I'm not talking as loud as I usually do. <clears throat> all right. Uh, so Cloverfield Paradox, uh, clearly 2018, uh, directed by a guy named Julius Ona. Uh, he hasn't done anything. This is uh, I think I think that J.J. Abrams is having fun with the series, not only for obvious reasons, but. It's good. To, he's, he's giving people op, uh, opportunities to direct movies. Right. You know, small people that maybe not wouldn't have had the opportunity before. Yeah. Uh, and he's given he's given first time film you know major budget filmmakers. I mean, he's done what like some shorts and stuff. That's yeah, that's basically yeah, nothing it. big, nothing yeah. big. But uh, so this movie, okay, so this is the movie that was supposed to. It was advertised as the movie that was going to start tying things together. It start going to understand what Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane had to do with each other and and with paradox and all this stuff. And I got to be honest with you, this movie is is both joyous and frustrating for the exact same reason. <laughs> well, it because it doesn't. It it advertised uh, <laughs> it advertised that it was going to tie up some ends, which it does. But it leaves it leaves a lot of loose ends too. Which, uh, if you're gonna make five more movies in the universe, then why not? It gives you a lot of coulds, not ises. If that makes sense. Well, like it really does not give you any definite answers. It just gives you more options for what could be happening. That's quite frankly. That's exactly right. And I, I think that I think that uh, the way they made this movie. Mm-hmm. That 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 idea really lends itself to the story, and and it was kind of smart of them to do because this this movie takes place in 
as far as I can tell, either three or four distinct realities. Yeah. I, like if you're considering the other two movies. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the Cloverfield Paradox reality. Mm-hmm. You've got the two, they, 2008 that... movie uh, Cloverfield reality. Yep. You've got the uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane reality. And then you have a separate reality that they end up going to in this movie. You're talking about you're talking about there's four now realities in the Cloververse. Is that what you're saying? Uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. But but it really by what they showed, it can it can kind of they have infinite possibilities. Yeah, that's the frustrating part the, about it. They, the theories, it's like, the it's theories a, of like of alternate alternate dimensions that they kind of speak about in this movie leave every single door open for you. There's only one definite they actually give you in this movie that ties anything together, and that is that you do know for sure that an event took place that ripped holes in space-time. Right. And that's why everything's happening. Right. That's the only definite that they really, really give you in the entire Cloververse at this point with Cl- to tie, uh, Cloverfield To tie Paradox. them together, you mean? Yeah. Well, aside, from, that, like, aside from like the little Easter eggs, like the, the Tagruato... Uh, 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 emblems on mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and the Kelvin gas station, like uh, in the beginning of uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Michelle stops at a Kelvin yep. gas station. Yep. And the main character from this movie, uh, it, what rem- was it? Um, Hamilton. Yep. She's sitting at the exact same gas station at the beginning of this movie. It reminds me very much. I got a lot uh, when I was watching this flick. Uh, I got a lot of Alien vibes, and I also got a lot of Star Trek. It was like mix Alien and Star Trek together. Oh yeah, and I feel that's a, a that's a good it's a good combo. And with the Alien though, with that, not not only does it kind of feel like it, but the idea of this corporation that kind of has its hands and everything reminds me a ton of Whalen Corp. Mm. It's a it's almost the same idea. Yeah. That there this is this company that has existed for a very long time and they they know a lot more shit than they lead on. Right. And and you never really know the truth. Right. It's just like layers upon layers upon layers of this company that controls seemingly way too much. So do you think that their whole so they send this crew up to space yeah. on this gigantic space station uh attached to attached yeah. to a huge uh generator basically it's a it's a nuclear uh, a nuclear generator and their idea is to <coughs> fire this thing up so that it will create an unlimited supply of energy of to energy. the earth because the earth basically is in peril because everyone's fighting because energy is running out right power is basically running out they're not going to have any right. and so like you said they go up in space and the hope is that they can set off this reaction that will give them infinite energy right um and, uh, and and the 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 crew on on board the ship they're all from all over the place. I think there's something from China, South Africa, Germany, uh, Britain, uh, America, uh, or, or United States. Um, is there anybody else that I'm missing? Mm. There might be one or maybe one or two other. Did people. you say Japan already? Oh, it was China. Tam was from China. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. you know, the girl. Uh, the um, the engineer, yeah. the shepherd engineer. Yeah, yeah. Shepherd is the name of the this, of the, this of the giant ship. battery, basically. Um, yes, yes. And now, once once again, I should like just to just to reiterate, we're not going light on the spoilers of this movie. It's brand new, so if you don't want spoilers yes. for a brand new movie, go watch it on uh, unfortunately, Netflix before to you link listen to this. All these flicks together, you kind of have to know what happens. Right. So. Uh, yeah, last warning. Get out now. <laughs> Abandoned ship. Um, so this is, a, 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 once again, in every one of these movies, 
there's people in them that I didn't really, I guess not Tank Cloverfield Lane so much, but in the first one and this one, there's just, there's people in this movie that I just never expected to see in these movies. Like what? Like who? Um, well, we, you mentioned Tam, uh, played by, uh, um, f- pardon me, I'm going to get her name wrong. Zhi Zhang. Zhi Zhang. Um, she's, she, it's so odd to me when I see her in these kind of movies because I am so used to seeing her in, in films of such high regard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Crouching uh, Tiger. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a massive, massive uh, effort mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that did worldwide acclaim. She was in Memoirs, Memoirs of, of a Geisha. Geisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in a lot of other big epic uh, Chinese movies too. Uh, other other movies that branched over into America as well. And she has a pedigree mm-hmm. that comes that she comes with her. I mean, I think you had mentioned that she's an Academy Award. Nominee at least, right? Well, the the movies she was in. the movies. So she's she's coming from these Academy Award nominated, uh, if not winning movies, right? And to see her show up in the Cloverfield Paradox, the, <laughs> the the second sequel to this weird zany universe that J.J. Abrams, you know, made. It's like it's just weird. Like I don't expect that. It's it's like watching Leonardo DiCaprio uh, play one of the guys in the new Hatchet movie. <laughs> like it. <laughs> It's like, but granted, it's I mean, just she's, weird, you know. I, I, she's not really. I, she's in these really amazing uh, movies of high acclaim, but do you really? I, she's I mean, not. I do, she's not like a Leonardo DiCaprio. No, caliber. she's not the household name. I or, guess not but. to say she's not the same caliber. But she she's is a, she's the a caliber. Good, I'm not to say she's not the caliber. Caliber, but she doesn't. She's not. Uh, she doesn't have the same esteem he does. Like sure, you know? I, yeah, yeah. She's like I said. She's also not a household name. People right. might not. They might that's, know her by face. That's but what they, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, also in this movie, you have uh, Daniel Brühl, who uh, I, I recognize him immediately because I actually just recently watched Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. and he's in that. Uh, he's also um, plays um, uh, uh, Zemo in uh, Captain, Captain America, America Civil, Civil War. War yeah. So he's in that. Every, I, every time I saw him, I was Zemo. <laughs> every time I saw him. Uh, he played Schmidt. Uh, who else we have here? We have... You said you mentioned uh, Hamilton already. John Ortiz plays Monk. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he's one of, like he. I recognized his face as soon as I saw him, and couldn't place him. But he's been in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. My um, probably my favorite person was a character named Mundy. He was oh, Chris O'Dowd. S- sort of the comic relief, if you will. Oh yeah, for but sure. But he played it so well; it wasn't annoying. He was like the guy it's that you have on your his, crew that you would expect to be like that. It's because of his Irish accent. Is that what it is? I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> like whenever I see him pop up in a movie, he's always he typically does comedies, and uh, he's his like his his brand of humor comes across as just more charming than anything else because he's saying some things that. If an American guy was saying it, it, could be pretty annoying, but because he's saying it in this awesome Irish accent, just totally fine. Yeah, that's just, that's what I get from it. Fair enough. Okay, so let's get into it here. Okay. Uh, we already so uh, the crew goes out. We know that they're trying to power up the thing, get the power. From the beginning of the movie, when they're talking about this um, energy crisis, yeah, to the point where they're up in space on the Shepherd. Uh, and and actually, the satellite they're on is called Cloverfield, right? Yes. Cloverfield is carrying the Shepherd, which is this giant generator. And uh, so, from the time that you first meet um, Hamilton on Earth to the time that they're up in the Shepherd is apparently like like eight, nine, ten years, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. This is this takes place in uh, twenty twenty eight or yeah twenty twenty eight. So, 
Um, yeah, so it's they're they basically they're they're trying to get this thing fired up, and they've been up there for over two years trying to get this thing. It was only supposed to be a six month thing originally. That right. was like the, the well, we can probably get up there and get this fired off, and it kept failing right. every single time that they went to fire it up, it would fail. And right. so they were up there longer and longer and longer. And finally, when they only had like enough energy to do it like two or three more times, it works. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, though, they inadvertently rip holes in space-time. And I mentioned this last week on the show. If you match up the Cloverfield Paradox and the original Cloverfield movie, mm -hmm. at 18 minutes and 25 seconds into the movie, in both movies, is when catastrophe strikes. Right. It's right when the... The, uh, the 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 holes get ripped from the Cloverfield paradox right. is right when uh, the earthquake happens in Cloverfield and all shit breaks loose right. and it's such a cool thing they did there like I forgot I forgot to check but uh, in Ten Cloverfield Lane was was the, was it the same time that uh, things no, started no because to in Ten Cloverfield Lane it had already happened. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, you that's know, true. Yeah. It, it, it the like, world had uh, already Like Howard been... had gotten wind that it was happening and so he headed to his then shelter. But again, though, 10 Cloverfield Lane starts with her leaving the... Leaving the city? Leaving the city. So I, I'd be actually interested to... Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, up. uh... I don't think it's uh, because of that or anything, though, right? No, no. She's fighting with her husband. Yeah, she got into a fight with her husband, so she left. That's it's almost inconsequential the right. reason that she leaves. But um, is it though? It seems like nothing that it, it seems like nothing that they do in these movies is without some reason, you know. That's true. But uh, so they, I think that's I think that's when things start to get really interesting, especially when you line up those two movies and, yeah. and and see that it happens at the exact same time because it's 2008 in the original Cloverfield movie. Now this is happening 20 years in the future. So what they're doing 20 years in the future is actually affecting, affecting something yep. 20 years in the past, which is yep. pretty cool. So, so this happens and uh, they get sent into a whirlwind basically. And mm -hmm. when, when, when everyone comes to, they realize that they're not where they were supposed to be anymore. Like there, there's a big explosion on the space station. And when everyone comes to, there's no more sun. And no, there's, there's no more earth. They, no more they, earth were, they were orbiting earth the entire time yeah. for that whole two years. And then yeah. everybody's like, uh, where the hell's the earth? There's no more communications. There's no more nothing. Right. You come to find out later in the movie that their earth thinks that they're all dead right because they because they just disappeared and as a result it's created war and chaos mm -hmm. like because you had you had people from every country on the space station and as a result of what in this particular universe the cloverfield satellite going down every nation starts to blame each other and they start getting at each other's yep. throats yep what you looked like you just I was no I was I was thinking to myself if if the if if the at 18 minutes and 25 seconds if that matched up does the satellite falling at the end of the movie match up with when it falls in the Cloverfield paradox but then it just dawned on me though that the footage that you're seeing in the original Cloverfield movie takes place in the past so yeah, it, it, that, that would matter it takes place on um uh well April 27th right yeah so that wouldn't that wouldn't line up though cuz the, the the timeline wouldn't uh but, far as I know, wouldn't line up. This but, is one of those the, but all the rules, all the rules are kind of all the rules are kind of thrown out the window. Yeah, you can't say that it is or it isn't like, because they <laughs> they don't let you. Right. It could be anything. Everything like, that they're doing. That's why I said there's there's at least four distinct timelines going on mm -hmm. here. 
So well, um, speaking of the timelines, after they, uh, they 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 try to get their bearings, they try to figure out how they're going to get home, and weird shit starts happening on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, such as a guy, one of the guy, Mundy is working on repairing one of the walls, and suddenly there's like a glitch in the matrix, and like his arm goes through the wall, yeah. and suddenly gets cut off. And then ten minutes later, you see his arm crawling on the. It's like his. But it's, it gets amputated up by the shoulder, but he's got yeah. no pain. No, yeah. no bleeding or anything like that. Basically, his arm has been sucked into another reality, another dimension. Yeah. But it shows back up on the yeah, space station. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And then there is the issue of the woman that randomly shows up in the wall with tubes going through her body. Okay. So I was I was watching this movie with headphones in. Okay. And you hear what sounds like uh, like one of the clover monsters screaming yes in the walls yeah and they're like what the fuck is that and they're like so they're, they're like we gotta we gotta take this wall apart and see what's back there and mm-hmm. everybody's like no it might be deadly blah 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 and they finally decide they have to take the wall panel off and find out I was expecting them to look into like this vast room and see a monster of some kind like flailing around sure. in there when they pull that panel away and you just see this woman tangled up in all these cords and just screaming like yeah. it, like an almost inhuman scream, I jumped. Like I Really? Yeah. Nice. Big time cuz the sound is like she's the way she's screaming is just terrible. And she's so they they find this woman in the wall who has no business being there because she's not a part of the crew mm-hmm. and they've been up there for 2 years. So yep. where did she come from? And she's actually uh, like the 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 cables and the wires within the wall have, are actually going through her skin. Yeah, like growing through her body. So they have to cut those cables and take her out and like surgically remove all this stuff. And clearly, what that means is they they formed with another reality. Right. And wherever she was at in her reality, when she got into theirs, they just they 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 blended together. So those those tubes and all the cables just got put inside her. Right. But, you know, essentially, it's, it's like in it's like in Star Trek when they uh, uh, beam me up. Yeah, when they yeah. when they beam them up, like they end up right in that spot. This is essentially like being beamed up, but you end up in a completely random I told place. Told you this was like Star Trek. No, you didn't say that. <laughs> um, there's actually another movie like oh, uh, Stargate, the original Stargate. Have you ever seen I've it? Never seen it. No. Um, there's a part I, because I they it have on laser disc. <laughs> laser disc. Uh, there's a part like that at the end of the movie where um because they have these things that drop down and like surround your body and mm-hmm. then you you get like fractalated or whatever and sent Fra- fractalated. <laughs> fractalated and sent word. sent up to this <laughs> the ship but at one point they uh they drop this thing down right like mid torso on mm-hmm. one of the guys and so the upper half of his body gets Ugh. sent up to the ship <laughs> and it looks a lot like uh it looks a lot like Mundy's like arm when he gets was, yeah. cut off Except for he's super dead in Stargate. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, okay, so yeah, so they find this girl and they don't know what to make of her. They have no idea where she came from. She seems to know them. They don't yeah, know when, her. When they open the wall, she looks at Hamilton and she screams her name. She says, yeah. "Hamilton, help me!" And like they don't know why. And she doesn't know either. Like she's con- she's just as confused. Well, she knows who Hamilton is, but according to her, according in her reality, Hamilton is back down on Earth with yeah. her family. Yeah, that's true. Which is important to the story because Hamilton, where where she from, where she's from in her timeline, 
uh, her family, her children are dead. They died yeah. in a, a fire. Yeah. So, um, so that causes a lot of confusion and uh, and and everything with the uh, the woman. By the way, uh, is played by uh, an actress named Elizabeth uh, Debicki, uh, and her name is Jensen in uh, in yeah. the movie. So from from henceforth, she shall be known as Jensen. <laughs> Uh, all right, so where are we at on this? Well, that's the movie. That's that. That in a nutshell, that's the movie. I don't want to get too much into it because it is new. Right. So we've 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 given a lot away. Um, to it's it's important to know that they do end up getting back or whatever. There's big explosions. Things happen. Uh, in in one of the realities, uh, though, like we said, they they think that the space station is dead. Right. In in the original reality that they that they launched off from. They think they're dead, and there's actually pieces of the ship falling from the sky into the ocean. Uh, at uh, the at the end of the flight. That's not their original reality. That, that's that's Jensen's reality. That's Jensen's reality. It, so what happens I'm is I'm so confused. So what happens is <laughs> in Jensen's reality, Jensen comes from the world where all the all the um, countries are at yeah. war because of the crash of the Cloverfield. That's why she wants to take over the ship at the end mm-hmm. because she wants to keep the shepherd for her world and then that way she can end the energy crisis on her earth and everybody will stop fighting and killing each other yes okay so i'm back to where um things start to intersect here and i'm still thinking about that damn satellite that falls in cloverfield and i'm wondering when they because they do fire up just to explain in, in case you don't know what he's talking about the very one of the very last shots of the original cloverfield movie um uh, Beth and Rob are on like a Ferris wheel or something, yeah. and very faintly in the background, you can see something fall out of the sky and land in the ocean. Yes. So take it away. Is it possible that because they do fire up the machine once again at the very end, the mm-hmm. same machine that ripped the holes to begin with? They figure they can realign the the realities. Is it possible by firing it again? Is it possible that when they realigned everything, or or, or fixed everything and and, and activated the, the the sequence again mm-hmm. is it possible that when they did that that's when part of the space station fell to jensen's reality and that jensen's reality is actually the reality from the first cloverfield movie and oh. so that and so when they when they fired it off it sent it back into back into time and it's just falling at that point yeah and maybe that's what you see possible but that's what this this whole Cloververse is. It's a series of possibilities. Well, so in Jensen's reality, uh, the, the Cloverfield had already crashed. Yes. They show footage of it in the sea. Correct. So you're saying when they refired the Shepherd, that's what caused that crash? Yes. So when they refired the Shepherd, would, uh, but it's it's already crashed at that point, though. Uh, but time, but, it's but time, but, but yeah, time, that's, that's the thing. Time is irrelevant in exactly. this universe. Yeah, oh, it can man. be anywhere. It's so confusing. That might not even be like the. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> super confusing. Um, you can do anything that you want in this universe, and I think they know it. I, I think they're keeping it pretty ambiguous like that because it it, it opens the door. It keeps the doors open to do literally anything. Yeah, it's well, it's you not know, as long as you can only, leave breadcrumbs, right. Not only that, but it's good business. It's going to keep people coming back because they want to know more. That that's why I like these kind of movies. This is like the the, the cinematic version of National Treasure. It's yeah. like you're just you're <laughs> looking at like the 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 symbology symbology of 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 these movies, and you're trying to like piece together things that don't necessarily make sense. 
yet they're familiar. Right. And like, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. I love it. I do too. <laughs> I absolutely and, love it. And there's a ton of stuff that we personally have looked up and even like Mike has messed uh, in, around in Photoshop with some of the the poster art and stuff like not that. My, not my total idea in fairness. Oh, sure, I, sure. I, I saw this elsewhere. And there's a, there's a ton of other uh, items within the... Uh, the, the altered reality the game. The marketing campaign yeah, for these movies the, are insane. That's what I was getting at. Like, we're not going to talk about that stuff because we could literally go on for, like, hours about it. But we can mention it. We can mention <laughs> it. Like, there's there's really amazing marketing stuff that I think some of it is still up online. Oh, you yeah. can, like, you looked up uh, one of them earlier. Yeah. That was still up. And... Uh, it's just so crazy how deep it goes. It's like a it's, it, no, it really and and it's and it's not like it, a lot of it leads to. It's not necessarily dead ends, but it leads to things that are semi pointless, but not really. Like it, it's a, it's just a, it's a treasure hunt, I, and not every hunt leads to good treasure either. There was um, but but it, it, I I think that's I think that's all relative until more details come out until more movies come out. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Because, like, well, there's... Uh, the, when people first saw it, you can go to 04182028.com, mm-hmm. uh, April 18th, 2028.com, and what? We didn't even talk about Donald Logue's character. Well, that's and... what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. And you could hear, you can hear a scrambled message, and this was uh, back in January, so back before the movie came out, and you could hear this weird scrambled message um, of this guy who turns out to be played by Donald Logue talking about what could happen if you fired this this shepherd like he's like this could he he specifically says like you guys are not taking into consideration the cloverfield paradox if you do this you could rip it rip a hole in the time space continuum and everything could just go to shit yeah so you shouldn't be doing this what i'm taking from these two movies too this one and 10 cloverfield lane is listen to the kook listen to the kook because they're right, and co- in both instances, and coincidentally, the kook that Donald Logue plays is speculated to be Howard's brother, because they have the same last name. Oh, so, that's why that's Stambler. Or whatever, what was it again? Or maybe not. Maybe not this. Maybe not brothers. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't. It didn't retain with me. But when you said that, it popped back up in my head. Yeah, there was something that I was reading that uh, it's not so much that they're brothers, but they're doppelgangers. Like they're the same, they're they're different people yet the same person in two different timelines. Does that make sense? Um, is what is, is sort of what I was re- were reading, because they they're both conspiracy theorists. They're both, you know, they they're both kind of the kooks, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're both kind of preaching the same thing that these that these things are terrible and you know whatever. But every, that's the thing about alternate realities is even in alternate realities John Goodman's character of Howard still exists in the reality true of the uh the Cloverfield space true, station true so like, there's so yeah I can so, very there's, well be that. so there's a Howard Stambler and there's a Mark Stambler very true very in true. all realities that's what's crazy is like there's it everything is happening all at once all the time mm-hmm. millions of different like if you actually believe in uh alternate dimensions and alternate timelines and stuff like that Everything around us that we can't physically see, but it's happening, is every single possibility, every single thing that could happen is happening at all times in opposite in in alternate dimensions, and that's why you say 
it leaves it open for them to do whatever the hell they yeah. want with this. It's like if we, if they if they back themselves into a wall with this, oh, suddenly we're in a different dimension. Oh, it's an alternate it's dimension. It's very, That's very fine. similar, though, because it's only maybe one divergent away. <laughs> right. But it's different. Like, they can do anything they want. Right. Um, You, you mentioned uh, the posters. Uh-huh. And I, wanna, and I don't want to forget to uh, talk about that, but uh, if you take the, the posters for... Uh, all three Cloverfield movies. Yeah. Uh, with the first movie, it's the original teaser poster where there's no Cloverfield name. It's just a date at the bottom. Right. And the skyline, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to describe this well enough, but there, most versions of the poster you can't do this with. There's one version of the original teaser poster though, where the skyline's a little bit more extended. Mm hmm. And uh, next it's to the top, like next, smoke billowing. Next to the tallest building on the right hand side, there's like a smaller, like square top of a building mm-hmm. or something. Builds t- a small building. Right. That's the one you can do it with. If you mirror image that on top of each other and butt them up, you actually see clover. Yeah, not on top of each other. Next. Next. To each yeah, other. yeah. Butt yeah, them and up. Next put them right. There's yeah, a there's a there's the a middle. face, eyes, head, the whole deal. And then if you look above that, there's even more in the clouds. Right. You don't know exactly what it is, but right. there's more there. So we started doing that with all in the posters. Ten clover. Well, yeah. Like I said, I had seen the first two. The oh, third one I had not okay. though. So then you with uh, ten cloverfield lane. Uh, it's the same thing. And one of the one of the posters that shows a little bit more information. If you butt it up against each other, there's clearly the image of either an alien or a a a, a, a controller of the alien. There's something. Sure, it's, something. It's clearly Just, a being though, yeah. some sort of alien being in the clouds and, and in the uh, in the sky. Right. Excuse and me. some so, people some people could argue that it's just like I'm basically like seeing faces in the cloud. Which it's, with no with any way, other no with any way. other with any other uh, production company or yeah anybody other than J.J. Abrams, I might say that yeah you're probably right, but he doesn't do no. things unintentionally. This is not this is not coincidental, right? Uh, so then it got me thinking. I was like, well, what about what about the Cloverfield paradox? So this mm-hmm. just came out. Has anybody done this with that one? So I found the the poster for it, and I when I first saw it, I go, oh, there's nothing here. It's just stars. That's it. And there's a little bit of wispiness in the background or whatever. But I decided to do it anyway just to see. And right. my God, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because you butt it up next to him. Uh, it's a little bit of the opposite. The original poster goes on the right instead of the left this uh-huh. time around. But when you do that, you clearly get, at least clearly to these eyes, you you get the 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 outline and picture of an alien. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. And being that this one was more cosmic, like this, this was more of a sci-fi cosmic. The alien looks more sci-fi and cosmic. Yeah. Like it looks like an actual alien alien, as opposed to like a terrestrial alien, if you will, or or whatever. I don't know. I think, Maybe I'm I think seeing the, things. Well, but it, I was gonna say, I think what this, I think what this series does with everybody, it turns all of us into Howard Stamblers. It turns everybody into a conspiracy theorist. You like you you start butting stuff up together, and you're like, "Oh, there's a face but, there, and that, that means something." And then you start going into other like. But when most of these things check out, though, right, is right, it right. really conspiracy theory? You well, know? no, like, but I'm I'm saying that's like how many other movies have how many other movies have just this extensive not many web of uh, of marketing that that extensive web of lies that makes you that makes you want to hunt more stuff down sure. you know what i mean well there was you know we talked about the marketing campaign for these and in between the movies they they're they're consistently putting stuff out there for right. people to find and there was one that comes to mind that um i i forget exactly how it started i could be wrong on this but uh i think it started off as like a uh, there's a web page that popped up 
and you had to like decipher these certain codes or whatever, and that led you somewhere else. And um, eventually, you got to um, oh god, why can't I think of what it was now? We were just looking at this the other night. It led to a another web page or or fuck, something where you could download an image. And the image was basically just, it was a black background with these like silver looking uh, weird shapes down in one corner. Yeah, yeah, down in one corner. And it looks like nothing. You study this thing, there's just literally nothing there. Right. Yet, if you put that image into Photoshop, Photoshop and started playing with the contrast and the brightness and the levels of everything, you realize that there's a hidden image inside the seemingly just black photo. Mm-hmm. And when you get it to the perfectly right spot, there's an image that's behind it that you can't make sense of, but then down in the corner, there's an actual QR code. <laughs> so then you scan the QR code. That brings you to another website that has a message from like J.J. Abrams on it. But even that message is is something to decode it's cryptic the, like the, everything's cryptic yeah the yeah. message is is basically just about how he loves filmmaking and this and that and it's a joy to be able to do this and yada 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 but you'll notice that there are certain letters missing from that message from the message you yeah. can still read it because the human brain fills the gaps in but if you take the missing letters and butt them up against each other it just spells out the word patience mm. like <laughs> like we're making it don't worry it's coming. Right. Have pay. It's 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 incredible. And I don't know. Were, it's just so. And cool. then there was the other one. I don't even know how somebody would have even figured this out. But it was it was just a waveform. Oh my god! Yes. It was a waveform, like at the top of one of the websites, and somebody took that waveform, and I I can't remember exactly what they did with it. It's like beyond my technical abilities, but they took it and you stretch uh, it almost. I don't know if they stretched it or like uh, or it ended up. You ended up with like this kind of pixelated. Uh, stretched out picture but then if you mess with the levels and stuff you just see almost like it's reflected off of water the word soon yeah it's just like it, it's, oh, it's, it's so it's, it's absolutely so awesome. insane the the hidden like crypto uh there's a word for it and i can't think of it right now but like it's just crazy mm-hmm. everything's so cryptic and so hidden and so awesomely awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't know I, I could go on and and we're barely scratching the surface of this oh, like yeah. we are by no means uh experts on this stuff. well we i mean yeah we haven't we've done a little bit of the homework but like there's there's people there's out there so who have found every little easter egg every little thing that you can find and uh and there's some really cool videos on youtube of people kind of explain some of it's bullshit but there's some of it's pretty compelling stuff yeah, it, it's 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 pretty gnarly. Like <laughs> some of the the conspiracy theories about this too are just nuts. Like there's a there's one dude that is convinced that these are proof that uh, in real life there are space time divergence <laughs> and like and that these movies are Hollywood's finally coming out and saying it and they're putting it right in front. Of, like, people are crazy <laughs> over this stuff, man. Uh, I just love the entertainment factor of it all. Like I think it's great. Yeah. I. I it's clearly this is clearly the series that J.J. Abrams just has fun with. Right, like this is his sandbox. Mm-hmm. Like this is his his retreat, his vacation from movies while still making movies. Right. You know, like um, God, it must be good to be that guy. <laughs> must be good. Um, I guess before we wrap up, because we should wrap up. Uh, <coughs> the last thing I want to talk, I just wanted to say, is because for musicians, we don't really often mention the music that much which oh, is yeah. which is silly but bear mccreary yes uh, 
The, I did notice. Did he do all of them? The, uh, yeah. The, okay. mu- the music. He only did, there was no sound uh, soundtrack for the first movie because it was found footage. Yeah. But about a minute ten into the credits, there's a, a track called "Roar" by Barry McCreary. Okay. Okay. It's awesome, and uh, and then he scored the the second two movies as well. They were both amazing. You brought up the worms. And we never got back to the worms. Um, yeah. Can you do that uh, quickly? I I could, but people should just watch it. I think. All right, worms, <laughs> do it. I will say this: uh, Cloverfield, they made me, or the Cloverfield uh, uh, paradox made me so happy, and then they just took it away from me. It was the first movie where I've ever seen space react properly to people. There's a scene in the movie where someone gets locked inside of an airlock. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the airlock, the wall busts loose. Yep. And there's, but but this, the chamber is filled with water. And as soon as the... the as soon as it breaches. As soon as it breaches, it's, space is so infinitely cold, it immediately freezes the water. And would, it, would it freeze that amount of water instantaneously, well, though? F- maybe, maybe not all of the science is there, but it, it seems to me <laughs> like how it would react... Right? These movies, space reacts to humans the way my uneducated brain wishes <laughs> My point it is would. that it, it finally, like, it did blow up. It's like, well, space that, is cold, people. This y- wouldn't happen. Yeah, like, that, that it, part I thought was awesome because I wasn't expecting it at all. But then at the very end, they burst a hole in the side of a ship and oxygen still exists somehow in in the room <laughs> at which point <laughs> at the end there's a there's a hole in the in the side of the ship like it's when um it's when, oh well every door on the uh, every door on these giant space stations is an airlock no i know it was no there was an explosion though there was an explosion and you could see stuff get whipped out of the side of the ship and mm-hmm. there they were in that room oh and it was like god damn it come on <laughs> <laughs> you were so good for a second there <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. I can go on and on it's about called, these movies, uh, man. Suspension of disbelief, Michael. Yeah, it's just it's. There's other parallels you can draw between actually the first movie and the third movie, as far as like when they're crawling across on the roof in the yep. first movie, and there's a very similar scene where they're crawling across to one of the uh, the the bays on the mm-hmm. ship. It's like it's it's pretty. It's pretty cool how yeah. they how they line everything up, but I we I think we need to end it. This yeah, is, yeah. we could talk in circles about obviously, this all night. Obviously, these movies are leading up to something bigger, right. and whether or not we'll ever actually see it, or they'll just keep putting out movies that'll just fuck with you. Who knows? But <laughs> who cares? Uh, I'll enjoy. I'll, it I'll enjoy the, every single one of them. So <laughs> all right, well uh, that'll do it for tonight. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. At the Buzzkill Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at the Buzzkill PC. If you want to find J Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. And of course, uh, find us on iTunes. Yeah, give us a rating, mm-hmm. five stars, a billion stars, a billion much stars. like much like the uh, the infinite space above us a billion stars a billion stars give us I'll those stars baby and uh give us a review it helps us out a lot and uh tell your friends tell, yeah tell your friends tell Why your not? friends if you have them and if you don't go make some friends yeah make some friends and tell them about <laughs> us all right boys that was fun Cheers. it has been fun